loved it. I'll send you a copy. Bam! Bitch went down. And welcome back to Horror Queers. We are talking eye trauma. We're talking liver disease that makes you look jaundiced. And we're talking bitchy sorority sisters. I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're talking more Weinstein shenanigans, which I didn't oh, know Jesus when we Christ. planned this movie. <laughs> How many fucking times are those a-holes going to come up on this podcast? I'm swearing like a sailor, we're two minutes in. We, hey, we probably should have spaced this out further away from Curse. Oh, but actually, Joe, we didn't even have this originally on the schedule. It wasn't until the new remake. I'm sorry, y'all, we're talking about the 2006 <laughs> remake of Black Christmas. Not the good Black Christmas, Um, although apparently that's a contentious thing, because I've had quite a few gays come after me uh, the past couple of days to defend this movie. <laughs> yes, we're talking about the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, sometimes referred to as Black Xmas, but mostly just by people who can't spell. I don't I don't do the weird spelling stuff. I think we talked about this offline, but like people have like, like the bitch. Yeah, when it's like seven. <laughs> um but <laughs> you you've heard his voice. <laughs> we do have a guest on this episode, and again, a person who selected this film full well knowing that he'd have to watch this movie on his birthday. Cool. So thank you for that. Uh please welcome the supervisor of acquisitions for World of Death. Alex Wiggins. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And also, this was uh, probably one of the best ways to spend my birthday. <laughs> I mean, you're a masochist, man. <laughs> now, Alex, so but you like this movie, right? Yeah, I actually do. It's like a total, I hate using the term like guilty pleasure because there's always someone like, don't feel guilty. And it's like, I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> it's a, I like it. I it, There's something fun in it. Like I, when stuff starts going down. I think we've got all sides of the spectrum here because you're on like the very very like like side of the spectrum i'm in the middle where like when i first saw it in theaters in 06 because i did see this christmas day i think in 06 i was working Oof. in a movie theater at the time i really disliked it and i watched it again last night and i gotta say i had fun with it i i don't think it's a good movie but i <laughs> had fun watching it so i'm in the middle of this spectrum and then joe's on the opposite end where he's like nope not a good movie Okay, wait, can we contextualize that? Because you always make me sound like the fucking asshole in the <laughs> virtual room. I like 50% of this movie yeah. a whole lot. And then every time I watch the other 50%, I just get increasingly more mad. And I'm pretty sure it's obvious which half I do like and which half I don't. Sorority girls. The hard yes. part of it is, though, is that it's not like, oh, the first half is this and the second half is this. No, they interweave you gotta wade through the shit. Yes. And yeah. so it's like whole chunks of movie where you're just like... The pacing is out super weird. Oh my god, the pacing. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, it like... Uh. And then uh, what I like about this movie coming back, uh, especially last night watching it, is I too saw this in... The well, we tried to see it in theaters when it first came out and the projector stopped working. And so they gave us all a free ticket to something else and go It was home. a hint. Yeah. It was, <laughs> well, I didn't learn from that because then the next night we went back to go see it. And that was where I had actually my first encounter with a hate crime before I was even what? out. Yeah. They, I live at in Black a, Christmas? <laughs> yeah, at Black Christmas. A bunch of group of rednecks were there and they were like harassing us uh, so it was super weird challenged me to a fight i was like i don't know you guys i'm like and you were like have you seen this film filled <laughs> with diva bitches wait like... was, was the attempted hate crime in the the in the theater of black christmas or was it like in the parking lot 
it was in actually the like it started in the theater because i think i laughed at something a character said and then he called me like a faggot i don't uh, know if i can say that no yeah you, you um, can say whatever you want sorry uh he called me that from out like out of nowhere and it was just like okay dude and then uh he followed me when we were exiting and the movie was over and like in the lobby uh like pushed me down and then said some shit oh. it was super weird but yeah, that's Holy my cow. fun memory of <laughs> seeing now, this movie. <laughs> you're based in L.A., Alex. Did this happen in L.A. or did you grow up somewhere else? Oh, I grew up in North Georgia. So this was oh. like, yeah, this was like someone who talks like this and had Chew and John Deere kind of thing. Not to stereotype, but also the shoe fits. I know. Yeah. Well, that sucks. But So not only did your first attempt to watch this movie get fucked up by the projector, <laughs> the second one is marred by this memory of a hate crime. So, and like you said, I should have learned. But did I? You know, <laughs> bought it on DVD. I don't want to say that's why you like the movie, but maybe there's like a psychological effect, though, where like you had this this movie juxtaposed against this awful traumatic experience and it therefore made this movie look a lot better in hindsight or or katie cassidy came out your gay me. ass is like you know what fuck the haters i'm <laughs> gonna embrace this movie all the harder <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah let's go with that one it but, makes no, you sound like a martyr <laughs> uh, this i mean I don't, I don't mean to belittle trauma obviously like it's oh traumatic, well but... <laughs> i didn't mean to like make that like a whole footnote it was more of no uh, what i think is funny about it was the point of that was being like my age at that time like i was still in high school and i wasn't out and then I watched it, like, last night, and I'm like, oh my god, like, the technology in this movie makes me go crazy. And Are it's you just... talking about flip phones? Red razors? The ra- flip- oh my god, the razor conversation? There's, an, there's a deleted scene that's all about cell phones in oh. this movie. I, so no th- th- there's a part though where she's texting uh where kelly katie cassie's texting michelle trachtenberg to be like where are you and like it always makes me laugh when they have like texting like when they show what they're texting because it's like old people trying to feel oh like, my god the the, you, you at question mark that's when you're like it will take me 25 minutes to get to a u so i only i can only afford one of these letters yeah it was like a t9 thing yeah but it was uh, oh god the kids kids in t9 if you don't know what t9 is google it but it may before iphones it was really hard to text Oh my or before blackberries i guess this brings me back to our swim fan episode trace where i had to explain to you how like fax machines and other no things it work. was paid fax it was a pager i didn't know how a pager right. worked i was yes. so perplexed by how a pager worked yes yeah, so we are discussing this movie though because this episode is going to drop two days before the new remake is coming out so we timed that perfectly we're also discussing this film because next week is the 45th anniversary of the original film so hopefully we you know got a head start on it because i feel like everyone and their dog is going to do it yes exactly yeah. like when 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 things like this get announced um that typically like all the podcasts jump on it because again doing doing something that's timely is going to increase your seo and make people find you so <laughs> like the everyone knows the original is like super staple uh but i think even this one like like it's a franchise that has its audience and they're like a devoted crowd it's i think it's a more youthful crowd uh and yeah. i definitely think people didn't grow up with the original which are great. i didn't grow up with the original um i did see it in high school and i thought it was kind of boring and then i saw this and i thought it was pretty stupid I rewatched the original last year, last Christmas, because I bought the Scream Factory Blue um, plug, and <laughs> I was I was in love with it. Like, I, 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 clearly, me getting older and like having time to like you know absorb more horror, like over like the thirteen or fourteen years since I'd seen the original, 
that ending is creepy as shit in the original. It is. I still have an issue with them leaving her alone in bed. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But <laughs> Different time period. <laughs> She's but, fine. Um... What could happen to her? She's in bed. She's, She's pregnant. She needs to be alone with her thoughts. Right. She's just killed her boy. Oh, spoilers for 45-year-old film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, so we could have discussed that film, but we thought this might be more appropriate because, as we mentioned and hinted at, it is full of bitchy ladies. Oh, actually, before you get into it, one last thing. We also wanted to acknowledge all of the people who took the time to fill out our survey and a couple of you actually requested as your specific episode if you won the raffle you would like to us to do this film so uh here you go you didn't win yeah but we're still doing kind of one yeah you you kind of won but we're not going to credit you with it and if we draw your name out when we're pulling names out of a hat um and we get black christmas um we're gonna throw it away because (laughs) we're covering it now it's true doesn't everybody win when we cover black christmas the remake 2000 i don't know um oh but on that note though y'all should look out next week if you're a patron because we are going to be covering the 2019 black christmas for patreon in december Mm-hmm. so you know patreon.com slash horror queers give us some money and you can listen to us talk about that well done well yay done. so okay black christmas released on christmas day 2006 counter programming <laughs> 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 um yes and that was a monday so rather than just release it on the 22nd like a normal person or wait 25 24 28, yeah the 22nd like friday the 22nd no 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 yeah like get that weekend money although apparently uh christmas well, eve is one of the worst box office days of the year so maybe they were just like eh, but, i'll just do it but christmas, christmas day well, kids are is also good. out of school yeah like teens and stuff well okay so oh god this movie Right, so released by Dimension Films, uh, runtime of 91 minutes. Unless you live in Europe, it has a runtime of 84 minutes. That has the alternate Michelle Trachtenberg death in it uh, when she gets her eyes gouged out and like pulled through by, with her eye sockets down the hallway. Um, with a budget of $9 million. Not bad. Not bad, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, opening weekend rank of number 15, it made $3.4 million. And would go on to gross $16.3 million. So it did make its money back. A worldwide total of $21.5 million against a $9 million budget. But, like, I don't think it ever cracked the top 10. The the widest release it had was, like, just over 1,500 theaters. Which is also very small for, like, a major Mm -hmm. theatrical release film. Yeah. I don't know if that suggests that they did not have a lot of faith in this movie. Or if they were just like... "Mm." we're gonna dump it i don't know it also i'm trying to remember if how big the remake and slasher craze was at this point and trace would know that he's pretty good at the 2000s remakes i mean this is here's the thing so the slasher craze wasn't really a thing anymore i don't really think we've had a slasher craze since like that post scream era um we've had slasher movies but there hasn't been like you know super like successful box office wise but this mm. this is 2006 so this is coming on the heels of hostel and saw uh, i think this was released the same year as saw three so torture porn's coming into the picture right and we'll probably get into it a little bit but when we talk about the production like whenever that happens but yeah so glenn morgan who wrote and directed this movie um glenn morgan is notable for um well X-Files. co-writing it, well, it, yes, he wrote, he's written a lot of X-Files. He's directed a couple episodes. He co-wrote Final Destination with James Wong, who directed Final Destination, but co-produced this movie with him. He also directed the horror remake Willard, uh, which was, I haven't seen, but apparently pretty good, but it was a huge box office flop. And so he reportedly only agreed to do this movie because, because well, he wanted to do another 
remake and he liked the idea of like this you know classic like precursor to slasher movies blah 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 and like doing something different with it but he basically said that if this movie flopped then he would never get a directing job again because he had two movies in a row that flopped and this one did flop kind of and Mm -hmm. he hasn't directed a movie since yeah. yeah, he even said on the behind the scenes, uh, straight up, he's like, I'll be in director's jail. As our death row, he called it director's death row jail. And I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> well, Joe, you said you were watching two some behind the scenes stuff on YouTube and he seemed not happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so there, there seemed to be a documentary that was all about him specifically, but I could only find an excerpt. It's about a five minute clip. I'll see if I can track it down. It's all the whole thing it. last night. It's okay. all the DVD. Yeah. So he talks about how he, yeah, like he, he basically wanted to revisit this and give it a modern day take. But then he and his wife, Kirsten Cloak, who plays Lee in the film. So basically, Glenn Morgan and Kristen Cloak on this featurette, they talk about how much he hates modern day horror films. Like the emphasis on gore and jump scares. Mm-hmm. They basically just shit all over that. So it's very obvious that even though he was excited about making this film and having another crack at direction and being very fearful it wasn't going to work, he's also like, I'm just eating a shit sandwich and giving the masses, like the idiot masses, what they want. And then it's still bombs. <laughs> well, that, that that's what's interesting too, though. So like he... Bob Clark, the director of the original film, who, um, he's also directed A Christmas Story, which I have never seen, and I have no desire to. What? I, I have no desire to see that movie. Like, I find it very annoying. <laughs> a lot of people love Whoa. it. It has a lot of fun plot Did points to it. Did you guys catch the leg lamp reference? Yes. I saw that is fun. I saw it in the IMDb trivia that it's in the movie, but I did not spot it. It's whenever uh, fucking Mary Elizabeth Winston is like, at least my family wants me home for Christmas. Oh and god, like, that is such a bitchy line. And I, I know, right? <laughs> no, her. I, is, I don't know if it's her, if it's Michelle, uh, if it's um. Oh my god, Lacey Chabert. When uh, Miss Mac is like talking about Eve, going, her mother was a legacy. And her mother's dead. <laughs> yeah, those girls are so mean to each other. They Sisters are for life. But anyway, no. So, so he got Bob Clark's like blessing to make this yeah. movie, and his intention was to like keep it relatively like gore free. But enter mm. Bob and Harvey Weinstein, who were like, "Hey, uh, yes. blood and gore is really popular right now." So, like, they filmed it. And yeah. they made them go back and do more reshoots. They have three different endings. I'm sorry, four different endings for this movie because there's three the alternate endings. trailer stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and yes, I, I, so that's what I remember this movie the most. And what sucks is normally that wouldn't bother me that much. Oh, yeah. They film shit for trailers and then it doesn't make the movie all the time. They but just don't like usually do it. set pieces. Yes. Yeah. Well, they don't usually do that. And they also don't usually do it without the fucking director. Yeah, yeah. And, and so listeners, if you don't know what that's like a reference to, basically, um, after production in, in Vancouver, because this is Canadian, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> after it concluded, Bob and Harvey Weinstein basically went to went to Los Angeles. That's what went to. They they're in Los Angeles. <laughs> they they shot more footage in Los Angeles, intended only for the trailers, which includes so um, yeah, Lacey Chabert getting flipped off a roof wrapped in Christmas lights. Uh, Lacey Chabert getting dragged under a 
uh, under the house, like by some kind of claw machine. Except uh, that it's not actually her in either case. It's some random actress that they yeah. hired. Okay, well, it looks and like some sorority sister that's not even in the movie. The one is that, who's at the lake. Yes, like yeah. There, there's a body under the frozen lake ice thing, and like her hand jumps up. I mean. It, but it's so cool but, that, but that's the thing yeah like if you go see this movie which okay 91 minutes but 10 of those minutes are credits because i checked in this movie ends at the 82 minute mark whoa and 80 minutes of them are also kind of unbearable i i don't feel like that <laughs> but but it's just it's so weird but the, so I don't know if it's with test screenings, like, you know, you'd have to talk to Glenn Morgan and Bob and Harvey Weinstein blech, to figure out what happened with this movie. But it's... <sighs> yeah, there's some kind of e-true Hollywood story waiting in the wings because something went fucking awry here. But here's the thing, though. W- would... Okay, yes, they're fucking this up with all the gore, like, may, like whatever. Do you think... Uh, same thing with Cursed, you know? Like, do you think even though, like, maybe the issue that was originally... Uh, the, the film that was originally filmed still wasn't good to begin with because again his mm. script isn't great well have you have you looked at the actual script no 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 but i mean just based on what is on display oh, here. i see yeah because i wonder if he wrote a treatment and again speculation have no idea I haven't looked at the script if people want to flip it to us as always we'd welcome that i wonder if he wrote a treatment that was more honest to what he was looking for like what he was excited to do and then they came back and they were like where's the go where's the blood where's the gore where's the nudity and where's like the eyeball eating i think though what actually happened was he had met bob clark and had basically said something about like billy and the backstory and bob clark was like yeah i totally had one yes and then he incorporated that into it which... Yeah, because Bob Clark has famously been like, I had the whole backstory for Billy, yeah. and I just never revealed it. Well, the thing is, that, like, the original Black Christmas is 97 minutes long, because I, I actually just rewatched this that again um, the day before I rewatched this remake. Um, that movie is 97 minutes long, so it's longer than this, but he fits in so much more that feels necessary. <sighs> I mean, we'll probably get it when we talk about the plot, but like, I just, I really think if you took the flashbacks in this movie, condensed them to one scene that mm-hmm. is a pre-title card sequence. Yes. That would terrible. save this movie a lot. I want a fan re-edit and I just want like actresses like or drag queens re- like impersonating these girls and just flesh them out a little bit more. So open with that Billy scene and yeah. then recut the film and then give me more of these girls. Well, and also so though I got the impression that he was trying to make something a bit classier, like the original film. But then he has this like weird incest jaundice storyline, oh like God, that, oh like, God. and that's in there since Inception. The only thing that that, that the wine scenes made him add was Agnes as a second killer because that wasn't in his original script. Oh, because they needed a twist, I'm guessing. Because then, I guess, because but... then the reveal would be what, like at like the halfway point that they're like, oh well, Billy's on the fucking walls. No, I, I don't see. Know. I actually think what he originally did because again if you look at the featurettes they say that the calls are coming from inside the house that's not the twist because obviously that's the twist of the first film right i think the twist in this case was that billy was not going to be in it and that it was going to be agnes was living in the walls the whole time so you think it's billy but it's actually the sister Uh, they were like fuck it do it both 
Yeah. Now, whether or not that was going to be Eve and then they just changed their minds is also another question I've always See, had. that would also make more sense. But yeah, it's, I mean, unfortunately, unless we can get our hands on the original script, which listeners, um, some of you have become very good at doing that. So, <laughs> and sending <laughs> us that script. So if you find uh, Glenn Morgan's original script for this movie, please email it to us at horrorquiz at gmail.com. Or, you know, Glenn Morgan, when you're listening, just well, reach out to us. If the script actually has the you at question mark line written in it i need yeah. to express sin i think and and may, maybe you know this better alex but i feel like normally when that happens like that's always like a green screen that they cgi over right i think here's the weird part in my roommate because i watched this with my roommate because i pulled the birthday bitch card and i was like you gotta watch it too wow. and uh. it's okay we i got i got them high it was okay <laughs> um but we were watching it and a lot of those like close-ups where the girls are holding their phones i get distracted now because they're clearly like the actresses are not filming for this insert shot and it's like man hands oh. and so like well, it's often look... second unit inserts right yeah and so okay. that's it's insane so it's like when mary elizabeth winston is in the uh the closet of the weird girl and there's like that weird <laughs> the <shrine>. weird girl <laughs> Yeah, she Eve. is a weird girl come on she is no, she's super weird <laughs> yeah she was fucking strange as shit but she's in there and then all the close-ups of her phone and her hands on it it's like those are man hands those are not yeah that's hands. glenn morgan's hand right no yeah. no it's harvey weinstein <laughs> so many young girls on this set <laughs> promising I, actresses i've got I a was, closet you can audition for me in <laughs> i was actually surprised there wasn't more because there isn't really a lot of nudity i think you see like crystal lowe's butt crack i don't even she, think you see her no tits. you see her tits in the you see her tits yeah. okay i don't remember i, I mean like maybe it's like side tit it's like side like, tit yeah also she's naked in like every movie i recently looked at her imbd and she does like all yeah, these like Oh, she was in Wrong Turn Two. She gave the uh, director well, head um, in that wait, one. Wait, you're, you're you're forgetting the big one. So yes, Wrong Turn Two. She's really good in it. She gets her back like clawed the fuck up. Joe, have you seen Wrong Turn Naked. Two? I have, but I don't okay. remember tons of it. But you're forgetting she's one of the tanning bed girls in Final Destination Three. <gasps> yes. Also oh, naked. okay. So she's another connection to Final Destination. She's one of the Ashleys. Yes. Okay, Glenn well, Morgan so, did that one too, right? he so, co-wrote it yeah he co-wrote it with james wan but james wan directed it so the, the 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 team from the first movie that skipped out on the second movie came back for the third movie but right that's because i'm though. convinced so, that that's why mary elizabeth winstead is in this yes film. yes okay so well they both have said that they liked working with them y'all are also forgetting that this came out like just months after final destination 3 like it was like six months later and oh, they were back both back productions they were, they were both yeah they were both filmed in vancouver yeah yeah so oh, basically everything is filmed in vancouver yeah but apparently <laughs> so i'm sure crystal low like or lao whatever you want to say like she like you know just hopped aboard but apparently yeah they asked Rose when said like right after they finished filming final destination 3 if she wanted to be in this and the only reason she agreed is because she didn't want to be the final girl so she was like yeah as long as i like get to not be the final girl because i don't i don't want to be typecast so she just stayed in vancouver Same with michelle well, yeah, yes. So, go so ahead. All Alex. these girls wanted oh, to die. Yeah, in this movie, yeah, is what you're exactly. Michelle wanted. <laughs> Michelle was like, didn't want to be typecast in genre because of Buffy. And then she was like, "I'll do it if you guys kill me off." And they were like, "Okay." And because I, I again, I don't know how this is really just what is. so many Buffy fans wanted to happen on that show instead. But well, <laughs> there was because again, that's IMDb, right. I said it. IMDb trivia so dumb. The key alone. <laughs> she because she gets killed in the theatrical version of this movie um, with ice skates to the head, and like that's Sammy or the year before she was just in a Disney movie called Ice Princess with Kim Cattrall, <laughs> where she played an ice skater. <laughs> 
Yeah, remember she like with one week of training she goes to like qualifies for the Olympics. Oh my god, is this a um, Hallmark movie? So yeah, I mean anyway, so we'll, we'll, we can talk about the cast as we go through the plot. Before we go to your plot though, Joe, um, mm-hmm. so reception it's quick i mean no one liked this movie um yeah. we're looking at a 15 percent of rotten tomatoes with an average score of 3.37 out of 10 uh audience score of 38 percent with an average score of 5.54 out of 10 and then um metacritic critic score of 22 out of 100 with a user score of 47 out of 100 alex i think you're right though i do think that there, this has this movie has gained a n- not a large following but a sizable following since its release if i can say from personal experience uh growing up uh i since i was such a sober sally in high school i notoriously hosted like movie nights and we'd go to blockbuster and just rent like a shit ton of movies or like ones that just came out from theaters that i was like all oh, of you guys have to see this <laughs> and like we had a couple where we watched this so i definitely can see it as it being like a movie that kids were throwing on at like a party or like maybe a sleepover and like kind of grew up with it a little bit well it wasn't i mean it couldn't have been that financially successful because we still don't have a blu-ray release of this movie well oh, you guys do i mean canada does <laughs> la, la, la. but it's out of print <laughs> yeah that's true yeah um uh, okay well, it's, um, it, I feel like this film, as we talked about on a recent uh, mini-sode for Holiday Horror, you and I, Trace, talked about how we felt like this would be a great film to end a movie marathon on because you'll it's be so dumb, and you'll be wasted, and you'll just be like, ah, these bitches, yeah, yeah. okay, we're good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and it, it, it's true, because I mean, it, it is a fun, dumb little movie. It's just not good. Although, I, I will go to bat for Glenn, Morgan, Glenn Morgan's directing style. I actually think this movie is shot well, and I do think it's directed well. Um, Agreed. I will say that the cinematographer, Robert McLaughlin, is a holdover, um, not only from Willard and Final Destination 1 and 3, but also from Cursed. Oh. Ah. Poor boy. <laughs> but most of this cast and crew is like from the Final Destination 1 and 3, and also from The X-Files. Dude, between this and Cursed, Homeboy has a thing for the color blue in his palettes. Oh, God. I mean, it's a lot of red and green here. True. Well, whenever the power goes out or whenever they're, like, investigating, right. there's, like, a lot of, like, blues. Super. I mean, half choice. of this movie is eye <laughs> horror because they're all, like, doing shit with their phones, using them as flashlights. <laughs> and, but you know what, though? I don't think I've seen a horror movie that's more... That Festive. looks... Yeah, that looks more Christmassy than this one. Mm-hmm. It's almost overboard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a high school theater production of, like, Christmas the Musical. Yeah. More lights. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I would like to point out about this house. I am insanely concerned and confused about the amount of girls that live in this house. <laughs> because it seems every time you go into a character's room, it's a room for one. And they have, like, a queen-size bed to themselves. And then it's just like there's that part where they're all sitting around and like uh, downstairs and uh, I think it's Michelle Trachtenberg uh, just goes Girl, off. Trachtenberg. Yeah, sorry. Trachtenberg. <laughs> Trachten- <laughs> it's okay. Oh just call her Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. Uh, she goes like, well, Kelly, Betty, and like Cameron are off at, like at a ski lodge and like. Yeah, you're like, wait, there are more girls living yeah, in this house? Like they it, between them, they list like seven more girls, and I'm just like, where the fuck do they sleep? 
which is all the better because in the flashbacks, we see that this is a house for a family of three. <laughs> um, okay, there is also, no, so the, the, the end of the flashbacks take place in 1991, and there's a part where Chris and Cloak is like, you know, I, oh, I, I'm a legacy. Oh, what year were you? Uh, 1993. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So this murder house was open mm-hmm. two years later for a sorority? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they cleaned like, house. They gave it a Javax like wipe down, and then they moved the sorority girls in. Yeah, they, God, they did an extreme home makeover. Yeah, exactly. Murder house edition. <laughs> okay, shall we dig into it? Let's go. Let's go with this short but also very long movie. I was going to say, I think this plot recap is going to be longer than the film itself. Yes, which has happened before. Which has happened before. (laughs) So, in the pre-title sequence, Alpha Kappa sorority girl Claire, Leela Savasta, which is a person who exists. Yeah. She's brutally stabbed in the eye with a ballpoint pen while struggling to write the inscription on a Christmas card for her sister. I like the way this is done. I think it's a fun title, pre-title card sequence. Oh, I thought you were talking about her calligraphy. Yeah. Oh, she's got some good oh, skills. I did like that. Her penmanship is fantastic. Awesome. It's really good. It's so. Me and my roommate both were like, "Oh my god, she has the writing of an angel." Doesn't it also kind of make you want to get back into calligraphy, like the lost art of writing by hand? Um, we also talked about that. Okay, <laughs> wait. So get back. Like, did you used to do calligraphy, Joe? A hundred percent. Oh, I've That's never so done cool. that. I mean, I had a pin for it and I tried and I sucked ass. Yeah. Let's just say, um, Trace, feel free to drop an ageism on this, but I went to school in a time period where you actually had to learn how to write cursively. No, I did too. I had to learn how to write cursive. Yeah. But, but um, I like learned it, but it was always threatened that it was like everything you will ever do has yes. to be in cursive. Oh, yeah. Like it... when you write letters, you're going to have to have good penmanship. Fast yeah. forward. Do they teach? Wait, do they teach cursive anymore? Uh, Someone should tell us if they're listening and knows yeah, anyone. Let us know, people. <laughs> if there's any five year olds listening, are you learning how to write right now? You're cool. <laughs> um. Anyway, but no, I, I this sequence does a good job of letting you know what kind of movie you're in for. Well, it's very much like, hey, member Black Christmas, stabby stabby. Well, and and then it's like the cut to the title card, which it's it oh, such it, a hideous. it got a laugh out of me though. <laughs> God, you're such a laugh slut. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think because I knew like what I was about to watch, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Like this is going to be a hot mess. I'm just going to go with it. It does capture the tone. It does. Okay, so in the haphazardly locked Clark Sanitarium, mwah, mwah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Santa and a security guard drop a metric ton of exposition all about Killer Billy Lens, played by Robert Mann, which is. Wow. Okay. An actor who exists. <laughs> also that. Yes. No, there was a point where he looked just like Killian Murphy to me, but you know, yellow. And yeah. I was like, huh. Like if he had like if he was a giant Killian Murphy. Like, well, yeah. no, no. Sometimes this actor looked tall and skinny, and other times, especially especially at the end of the hospital, he looked very short and stocky. And so I didn't know if it was the same guy or if they had switched him around a couple times. No, what mm. happened with that, that was a reshoot thing because yes. Oh, uh, this has the Scream 4 effect where it was supposed to end at the house. I called and... it! No, 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 Because all four endings for this movie take place in that hospital. 
Well, uh, but originally they were going to end at the house and then they added well, on a hospital. Well, no, no, no. Because even the original ending that was filmed, the one like that, that Glenn Morgan had wrote, is when they get a call at the end of the movie from the ex-boyfriend's phone. So it's like, oh, that's Billy calling them. It's, oh, yeah, and she's just laying in the hospital bed. Yes, they're in the hospital bed. So they, they do make it, but there's, there's no set piece of the hospital. Right. Yeah, there's no action. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so they were forced to go back and make it cool. But instead, we've got... So in the beginning, though, we have this orderly scene at the institution that is very reminiscent, and Joe, I told you this earlier today, but of the same scene in Halloween Resurrection when the uh, the nurse is telling the other nurse, like, oh, this is what this is how we're retconning the end of the last movie exactly. so that Jamie Lee Curtis can die. Which, in theory, makes sense here because you're getting introduced to your killer in case people don't know the origin story of the original Black Christmas, which is all fine and good if this was the only backstory that we right. were getting. But instead, this just feels redundant because we're about to get 25 fucking minutes of flashback. Yeah. Also, shout out, uh, shout out to the nurse in the scene. Oh, the like, thirsty nurse? Yeah, if I sit on your lap, <laughs> do I get a big present? Which she says to him in a, out loud in a hallway... And then Surrounded another, by patients and other orderlies. Yeah, walks by and it's like, what the fuck? And then my roommate brought up a really good point. They were like, what's up with Christmas movies with like a semi-attractive girl always wanting to fuck a gross fat Santa? Well, I also think, okay, scenes like this, which I mean, maybe this was a reshoot, maybe like just this little snippet, but it's like, come on, Glenn Morgan, like the, you weren't making some high art slasher film. Like You were making some trashy shit. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, this this is so Silent Night Deadly Night to me, to be honest. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure, which oh maybe is, that's a homage, and we're just shitting on his creative enterprise. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we learn here that Billy Lenz has killed and eaten his family on Christmas Eve fifteen years earlier, and he attempts to escape every single year. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen this year, guys? He actually escapes. He actually escapes. But. But not right now, because we've got to introduce other people. <laughs> but Because uh, so, they mentioned later in the movie that Agnes had recently been let out of whatever institution she was in. So I was like, okay, so maybe he knew that, so that he was timing it. I missed the part about how he tried to escape every year. I mean, it's, it's a blink and you miss it kind of throwaway line. Yeah. Which, but they, would they have more... Security? Security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's why that guard is meant to be there. I think... I felt what this watch. Well, but the, the one guard, guard. <laughs> the guard walking into the room to check on him. I know we're not there yet, but like to and leaves the door open. Oh my god! It, <laughs> but so him going stupid. in the room though doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no, no sense. No, like mm-hmm. oh, you don't see him? Cool. Check on you and check on you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at this point, we're introduced to our heroine Kelly, played by a pre-Arrowverse Katie Cassidy and yeah. Trace we've made this joke before where she was like give me money give me rolls I will literally <laughs> suck the copper off a pipe in order to get a break <laughs> into Hollywood so this God is bless I think her. this is the last horror remake she did because she did When a Stranger Calls for oh wait fuck no it was When a Stranger Calls then this and then Nightmare on Elm Street I do I do love the days when she was a little scream queen Oh, oh yeah, I mean, because this is also, I think, before her Melrose Place reboot, but yes. maybe, oh, yeah. maybe during her Gossip Girl 
thing because oh, that's fuck. also her, I forgot about that. That's also her connection with Michelle Trachtenberg because Michelle Trachtenberg was Georgina Sparks on Gossip Girl. Right. And yeah. uh in case you're wondering, Glenn Morgan was not a huge fan, I think, of I'm sure he was fond of the girls once he got to know them, but he also talks a little bit of shit about in addition to the blood and the gore and the jump scares, he's also like, Yeah, and they forced me to have a second ending and get all of these O C actors on. To which you're like, oh, did you mean the CW? But yes. yeah, I, I saw that quote and I was like, the OC, like fucking Misha Barton's not in this movie. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine, imagine though? <laughs> Recast. <laughs> I mean, because uh, people should on, uh, on Katie Cassidy lots because in those CW shows, like for the longest time, she was stuck with this blando version of Laurel Lance, and yeah, then they yeah. kill her. And um, then she comes well, back as a way better character. Right, because she's like Earth 2 Laurel or some other Earth Laurel, and she's evil. And it's like, okay, cool. So it's like the Angel Angelus thing, but like, I mean, it's not as nuanced as that. It's real, just kind of dumb. But Yeah, she wears black <laughs> lipstick, and that's it. Yeah, but like, sh- she does evil <laughs> really well. She's and serious. It's made, her, it's made her a better character for it. But yeah. we don't just meet Katie Cassidy in this scene. Who else do we meet? <laughs> Oh, yes. Okay. So we also meet her boyfriend, Kyle Oliver Hudson. Snooze, 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 snooze. Um, Again, I'm going to keep Oliver. saying it because I just found this out, but brother of Kate Hudson. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is an established fact that is only new to you. I know. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Scream Queens. You fucking baby gays. I yeah, <laughs> no idea. And he looks way too old to be in this movie still. Yes. His character makes no sense when you think about him. He's like, literally a red herring. Well, not literally, but he is no, playing yeah. a red herring character. That well, is his sole function. So that's and super becomes super misogynistic to the point. Oh where... Oh my god, I love yeah, those scenes. You're just like, wait, yeah, what? Did you take yeah, a rage? Pill? Own... It comes out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And and you, it makes you question Katie Cassidy's character's choices because you're like, girl, was there never? Like, on any of the dates, any of these little red flags? Well, it's, or, like, a blow-up? Because here's the thing. In the first scene, in this, his introductory scene, he, you are... We're privy to the fact that he cheated on her with Dale Bazio from My Zombie. I don't know that well, one. Well, it's name. a hint. It's a hint. Her name is Megan in this movie, and uh, her real name is Jessica Herman. Okay, cool. That sounds right. But, no, 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 because he calls her and she's, like, yelling and angry, and so... And then... At this point, you see the computer screen because she's watching them have sex on the computer, which also weird. Actually, you you don't see that right then. But yeah, because you don't actually get any of this. You just get like little snippets and then we cut back to the sanitarium and then we come back to the girls. Well, that's that's the thing. The first 35 minutes of this movie, it's so much. So you get... The institution scenes, you get the flashback scenes, you get the drama with Katie Cassidy and Oliver Hudson and Dale Bazio, and you get the <laughs> rivalry between Meryl's Winstead and Crystal Lau. You have um, Andrea Martin looking for presents constantly and never being able to find them. Mm-hmm. Despite the mm-hmm. fact that there's about 10. Oh, no, no. Every time she, she looks at presents, like, this woman is terrible at finding presents. <laughs> also, I what's mean... weird about Mary Elizabeth's character is in one of the uh, behind the scenes thing. She describes her character as a southern debutante. Oh, and it comes out in a single line of dialogue here, where you can hear her accent when she talks about her father, and then never again. I have a joke about it later. And it's it really sucks because Winstead and Chabert have the least to do in this movie. Chabert specifically, like she really gets like the short shrift with with all of her scenes, and it's really unfortunate. I I was wondering this because she also broke her ankle or something. 
while filming and that's why her death scene she's like laying down apparently at some point there could have been like a chase scene or something but she was like incapacitated so she had to like mostly like they had to alter her scenes to where she well, didn't bitch and you that's kill... why we never got the lake scene that's no that's <laughs> when you kill michelle trachtenberg and then you let like and do a chase scene with her and then you kill chabert with the ice skates later true right anyway go ahead mistakes were made <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. not a perfect movie no okay so we've got <laughs> understatement of the century <laughs> so we've got <laughs> kelly with her boyfriend kyle kk out in the car and then yes yeah, so he calls megan and we're meant to just infer oh okay he's on the phone and then we see this girl that we don't know also on a phone inside a house with no dialogue i guess we'll figure that out later which we do mm-hmm. uh in the living room we're introduced to miss mac andrea martin a car- the sole carryover from the original film and she's having fun in this movie. Andrea Martin's having quite mm-hmm. a blast. Yeah, you can tell that she gets to ham it up. Although I'm always disappointed that why don't you make Mrs. Mac a drunk in this movie as well? She said something about that. The two big takeaways that I'm like, why wouldn't you just leave that? It, it's yeah, it's Miss Mac being a drunk and the abortion subplot of the original. I'm happy that they do away with that because I don't think that this movie would have handled it responsibly. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes True. sense. Like, that's that to me is the legacy of the original film. Like, it's got a bunch of precursors to what would eventually become slasher canon. Mm-hmm. But really, for me, when you go back and you rewatch that film, it's a 1974 film that's dealing with a woman's right to choose. Yeah. It's revolutionary. It, it is. And people forget about it. Like, even though it takes up a good amount of screen time. Oh, in my movie. God. It's the only thing that Jess is doing in that movie mm-hmm. until, like, the very end. And even then, like, that's why it's so powerful that she ends up killing her boyfriend because you're like, oh, that's the father of your child. And his whole subplot is about trying to break in to convince her not to get well, an abortion. Well, yeah, she's going to kill the father, then she's going to kill the baby later. Oh, my God. <laughs> Secret pro life movie. Yeah. <laughs> no pro choice no, pro choice moving on moving on uh okay so we've got miss mac she's trying to initiate this secret santa like like she it is her mission to get these girls to open these fucking gifts and they yeah. could not give two shits about <laughs> it so this is where we meet the other girls we've got melissa who is uh michelle trachtenberg dana who is Lacey chabert heather who is mary elizabeth winstead and there are other girls lurking upstairs and we'll meet them in a few minutes well so i mean because <laughs> lurking and you know I, I can tell all these girls apart because I knew all of them as actresses. I was very familiar with Lisa Chabert from Mean Girls and Wild Thornberries. Mills Winstead was um, Sky High and Final Destination 3. But mm-hmm. it's like, th- they all have one trait. So, I mean, Katie Cassidy doesn't Beautiful really have a trait. Hair. She, she's just the girl, like the main girl that is like obviously the final girl. Uh, um, duh, she's the blonde trait. Yes, exactly. Lacey Chabert is like the bitch on her phone who yep. is like, doesn't really care about anything. Uh, Trachtenberg is the good girl. Ish. Yeah. I would not say that. I would really? actually say Heather's the good girl. No, yeah, no, Heather's Heather's the snobby rich girl. Michelle has a lot of forced cussing in this movie. She does. Every time she drops an f bomb, it's just I can feel like it's someone nudging me, being like, "Dude, she was an ice princess in like kids movies, and now she's saying the f word." My God, Dawn just dropped an f bomb, man. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, but super... like, but, she, but I mean, like, she's the nice one. Like, she's not yeah. bitchy. Yeah. Like, the she's the one who's yeah. trying to smooth I, everything over. Yes. Well, I guess she's also the only one willing to take care of the drunk, sloppy one. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, even the <laughs> it, it, 
the introductory scene, like, it, it should have gone on for longer, like, to get these girls to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, and I, I might be jumping ahead, but I actually do find Crystal Lowe's character, Lauren, the most likable. And it's in the scene when uh, her, she's teaching Katie Cassidy how to get people to go downstairs to open their presents. It's yes. such a small little moment, but it, it's like a moment of camaraderie between the two girls where she's like, hey, this is how you get people to go down. Like, ah, open up, you're like, bah! And they're having fun. Mm-hmm. And I wanted more of that because even though Crystal Lowe's like supposed to be like, oh, the loose slutty bitch, like mm-hmm. she to me was the most interesting character in this movie. Yeah. Oh, totally. And then also she got to sleep through half the massacre. Yeah. <laughs> She really does. <laughs> it's like hashtag diva goals. <laughs> get white girl wasted. Get somebody else to put you in the shower and take care of you and then sleep through a massacre. <laughs> Who could ask for anything more? <laughs> so at this point, we've met half of our cast. So let's go back to the sanitarium, guys. Yep. It's, the editing uh, is so all over the place. It's so bad because you're you're only just getting to know these girls. So why not cut away from them to like a who gives a shit plotline about billy escaping which is literally all this does so guard goes in gets killed by a candy cane and we're back to the girls yeah so kelly uh she collects the other girls so drunk lauren which is crystal Lowe, and then we've also got uh megan who she tries to lure out but of course she's too busy having a freak out about the fact that her sex tape with kyle has leaked onto the internet wait is that what the i thought that she just owned the copy of the sex tape and was watching it and she was upset because he wasn't with her no because he says uh he, he specifically has a line about work, it yeah yeah a guy at work got mad at him and stole his tapes and that's when she's like how many fucking tapes are there oh i i didn't y'all i've seen this movie like three times and i did never caught that <laughs> yeah well here's it's what because I'm trace is reenacting is, scenes from lauren well, yeah. I don't, I get confused as, like, did he, t- like, first of all, were you at work and then talking to your bro friend and, like, dude, I got all these tapes in my house in this, like, area. I banged then, every girl in yeah, Alpha. it's just, like, how did that information come into that dude's grasp? And then when he gets mad at him, and he broke into his house and stole his sex tapes and uploaded them? I like, don't. What? Yeah. And we're also, like... Megan is does not interact with any of the other girls in this movie. Like she, yeah. we only see her by herself, and then she gets killed. Yeah. Oh well, she does tell uh, someone to fuck off. Like whatever, because then Kelly gets nice to her because she's like, "Megan, is everything okay?" And she's like, "I'm fucking fine." Yeah, but but she doesn't open the fuck door though. Christmas. She's just yelling. Oh yeah, no, she never like physically interacts with anyone. No, Dale Basio doesn't. Uh, she just stays in the one set and. She probably, like, filmed all these scenes at a different time. Yeah, she probably did. (laughs) There's no other side of the door. (laughs) Okay, so at this point, Megan is lured up into the attic by the dulcet tones of Claire's snow globe, which is playing Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, which Mm -hmm. is a fucking motif in this movie. It's fine. And she somehow manages to identify Claire's body from, like, ten feet away, despite the fact that Claire is not facing her and has a bag over her face. Um, wait, but, uh, hey, y'all seen Scary Movie 3, right? Uh, not forever. Okay, oh, wait, so, did I watch it at your place? May, I, I don't know. The, it's the ring, it's the one with all the rings spooking. Yes, okay, okay. yeah, we watched that. Okay, the opening, oh my god, I don't remember that. Um, the <laughs> opening scene... <laughs> <laughs> the opening it scene was at 6am, you double ordered on McDonald's and some IHOP, I think? Oh, so I was drunk. Okay. Oh, you um, were you were Lauren level wasted. Okay, so anyway, but there's a part in the opening scene with Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy where um, she like walks in and she sees uh, Jenny McCarthy's corpse and she's like, 
are you okay? And then she like pushes her and like the head falls off and she's talking to the head on the ground. Like, are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> and this part where she like climbs into the attic and she's like, she sees this corpse with a bag on its head. And she's like, Claire, what are you doing? It's like, <laughs> Claire, you dumb bitch. You? Get out of that yeah. rocking chair. <laughs> it's like a very like spooky setting. And it's just like, clearly from her reaction, like no one ever goes in that attic. And she's just like, hey girl. what are you doing and this is not the first one of these moments that happens in this movie because there's another one later it happens so (laughs) yeah yeah so uh at this point she then gets murdered so we are two sorority girls yeah um okay so now we cut back to the (laughs) sanitarium and this is when bill billy kills santa and he uses the costume to disguise his escape and then he dumps the body in a garbage bin outside him like what did he do they just have that shot of a bunch of blood splattering on the ground i'm like did he take like a cartoon anvil on his head or something so many of the deaths in this movie don't even make sense oh keep that in mind for when we get to the icicle death because oh yeah like in one of the behind the scenes so in that documentary about glenn morgan remaking this movie there's shots of um who is it who's who's his partner again Kristen cloak no his uh his like writing and shooting partner James oh, Wong. James Wong. Sorry. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Wait, wait, wait. Wong. Wong, not Wong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Totally different. <laughs> okay. So in this documentary on Glenn Morgan, there's scenes with James Wong, like on the set, supervising some of the death sequences and like the blood splatter. And he actually, like, there's a whole sequence where he's kind of berating a technician for giving too much blood splatter because he says it's not convincing and it doesn't look real and then i think of literally every death scene in this movie yeah but it's what's crazier about it is that he goes on to say why it doesn't look real and he's like uh let's just assume that when she was a little kid she was playing like ice hockey and a puck hit her in her oh head my God. and it's... she had headaches later but she didn't think anything of it what? so there's a soft spot and that's where that icicle hit yeah like he actually creates this like absurd backstory that's as never to how it makes it plausible to... Yeah, yeah well, she has a weak skull, and that's why an icicle could penetrate it. I'm still, I, I, I'm thinking about this, and just like you know, uh, Glenn Morgan saying how like he didn't want to do like a typical slasher because he thought slashes were stupid, and I'm like, yeah, but you did Final Destination, and then did Final Destination three, which is arguably a much goofier movie. Yeah. Yeah, but Final Destination 3 is a movie that's so confidently goofy that it's not a shortfall at all. Well, but it's also because James Wong directed it. Glenn Morgan did not direct that one. Fair. Okay. So, yeah, so Santa's dead. R.A.P. Fat Santa. And Mm -hmm. we're back to the girls. So, uh... (laughs) So when Preachy, Christian Heather, complains about the tradition of procuring Killer Billy, an annual gift, Drunk Lauren, sorry, I added monikers to everybody because the names are so fucking generic that you can't yeah. remember. Would it just be easier if I used the girl's real names? The actress yeah, I mean, it's reference? just funny because this movie could just be called White Women in Peril, a tale as old as time. I mean, that's yes. that's a lot of horror movies. <laughs> true. <laughs> Not untrue, uh, and yet a little bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's apart from the security guard. Is there a person of color in this entire movie? Well, Billy, <laughs> and he's of literal color. Are you talking about the yellow bastard from Sin City? Uh, 
in my notes, it's because there's a there, sometimes he doesn't look that yellow, but like it, there were times where I was like, he looks like that yellow bastard. Like he is bright yellow. Yeah, like the fact that he could hide in a dark room when he's that yellow, he's practically giving off light. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Sky so, high reference. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when. <laughs> Sorry, now I gotta remember everybody's real names. Okay, so when uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead complains about this tradition of getting a serial killer an annual gift, this is when Drunk Lauren, I'm not gonna remember her real name, so I'm just gonna call her Lauren. That's fine. Uh, she counters with a history lesson on paganism of the holidays. And I actually also quite like this scene because it gently chastises christians about their ridiculousness around the holiday times yeah no i mean it was a fun little scene it also gives you know them a, it gives crystal low a chance to dress down another girl and also like because i mean she's the margot kidder of this movie <laughs> um and yeah i mean it's the uh, scenes of these girls interacting yes it's that we don't good. get enough of yeah, because we're still getting to know these. And these these parts are enjoyable because they're character development and they give the girls something fucking to do in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Miss Mac then starts in with the whole history of who Billy was. And we get our first flashback to 1970 when Billy was born. Mm. So we find out that his sordid history includes a rare liver disease that turns his skin... Uh, I've already made that joke. Uh, turns his skin yellow. <laughs> And that he had a very fraught relationship with his mother, who is played by Karen Conneval. And, of course, X-Files fans. Dude, she fucking hated that kid. She hated that kid. But your fun <laughs> X-Files connection with this is that she plays another really bad mother in one of the most famous, is it home? episodes. It's home. Yeah. Oh, the, oh my God. That is her. That, that's yes. the one episode of that show that I've seen. <laughs> That's a, that one's crazy. That's a rough episode to go in blind to. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I, I I knew that it was one of the most famous ones, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it. I'll just like, cause, and I, it was a standalone episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, listeners, if you listen to our X Files, I want to believe episode from two weeks ago, you'll know that I have not seen a lot of X Files. So yeah, oh, I'm surprised you remember that episode. I'm surprised I do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Alex, you get that check tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So his mother fucking hated him and also hated his father so in 1975 she and her lover howard siegel murder billy's father and then they try to murder him and he ends up having to escape into the walls in the attic out of reach they do kill the dad though with a plastic bag by suffocating him and then bludgeoning him with it so yes. the plastic bag connection makes sense it's like why billy and agnes do that but it's just where is he getting them oh, that's yeah, like a good question <laughs> The hefty like, is garbage he going bag into that... the kitchen under the counter where like everyone puts the ones from grocery stores? No, he went to like a bulk barn. He's <laughs> he's getting these from Costco because he's going <laughs> through them. The black ones only. Oh, okay. Well, that's why they're all. Okay, so I think there was talk about doing the iconic white bag, but they wanted to distinguish them, so that's uh... why they use black in this film as opposed to white. Hey, it's Black Christmas too. There you go. True. I always there felt like the black ones were more sturdy, like they were less inclined to rip unless you <laughs> penetrate them Maybe. with unicorns. Listeners, let us know. Yeah, if you if you work for one of these companies. Oh, I thought you guys were encouraging people to like throw a bag over somebody's head and like wrap it real tight and see whether or not they could get out of it. Which no. I do not. <laughs> I'm just saying from general ex life experience, which bags are stronger, the white ones or the black ones? Oh, that. Oh, it's a race discussion. 
Wow, oh, also- Trace. <laughs> It can't be a race discussion because there's no diversity in this movie. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Wait, no, that's where the that's where the diversity is. Oh, it's like the undercurrent of blackness (laughs) is no, not doing it. No. (laughs) Um, I don't know if this is getting ahead, but uh, if we're at the part where the dad is being murdered, can I please say stair sex? Oh, (laughs) we're not we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to be able to say stair sex when we get there. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. That, uh, sad sex. That's not until 1982. This is true, yeah. We've we've <laughs> got to come back to the present day for a little bit first. So this is where we get our first prank call, and this is where we get to hear the iconic, you know, recreation of the classic, and in this case, it's inquiring of Billy where Agnes is. So this is our first cue that there is another person involved. Now, Agnes does appear in the original in the phone calls, but of course there's no explanation given as to who that girl is and it's shocking to me that the obscene phone calls in this movie are much less obscene than the obscene phone calls in the original it's because you're missing your c word aren't you yeah yeah the other ones i remember as like because i saw it in high school in the first one being like jesus like put a bar of soap in your mouth these are ladies yeah he he likes to repeat the phrase pretty piggy cunt a lot oh it's so gross um but we do get Which, a can nice you imagine back of... in 1974 too? Oh, like, I know. Yeah, when it's like women's rights were like already like in a way like, oh man, that's crazy. Whereas so... nowadays it's like, oh, 2006. I'll just say the f word a lot. But they don't even. They <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, they don't even drop cunt in this movie. Nope. It's but we do get a good bit of sass from. His voice um, isn't as scary either no and i think sometimes it's like i mean it's it is different voices because that's kind of the thing of like what billy or like what the killer in the original does is he likes he can do the different voices but like um we do get a good bit of sass from melissa when um they're like star 69 him and she's like that just calls him back unless there's something you need him to clarify <laughs> which again though like doesn't that sound more like it should be coming from Lacey chabert yes or is it that does. her no, 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 yeah, it's, it's Michelle, it's Michelle Trachtenberg saying this, but yes, it should be Lizzie Chabert saying it. I honestly... None of the characters are rounded out enough, so you can kind of, like, switch and pick personalities when the scene is a fucking problem. You <laughs> should yeah, not be I... able to swap lines of dialogue for characters. I mean, that's the thing, though. If, I, again, I, I know these girls, so I can distinguish them, but yeah, if they were a bunch of nobodies, like, if, if you cast today's, like, Disney starlets, I guess, who mm-hmm. run the Disney Channel in these roles, I would not be able to tell any of them apart. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, okay, so at this point, this is again where Mary Elizabeth Winstead and drunk Lauren butt heads, and uh, this is where it's revealed that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is secretly a Southerner? Question mark. <laughs> She's a rich bitch a NASCAR. Car. Yeah, race yeah. cars. <laughs> Like, I love all of the constant refrains about the terrible family life that these girls have. And I know it's to underscore this idea that they are a sorority and that they are sisters. But everybody has a sister that they despise or a rich father that they're estranged from in this movie. What? (laughs) So this is when we get our introduction to creepy interloper Eve, played by Kathleen Cole. And she just magically appears so that she can deliver a glass unicorn to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I quote, because you like the Bible and stuff. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. It's kind of funny, but also all, all I could think of was, is this girl meant to be like a little 
slow or like mentally disabled and she thinks that there's unicorns in the bible i think she's supposed to be like the weird one because she only gets in because uh her mom was a legacy although it's not even clear until they say that later on it literally looks like this girl just appears on a doorstep oh totally but i think she's supposed to be like the weird art major of the group maybe (laughs) yeah she's working with experimental glass blowing yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is her final project they were like give it to a girl who makes your downstairs feel tingly she's like i know a race car girl <laughs> she's southern she'll like it it reminds also, her, her of the pony, <laughs> did it was it just me or did her hair piece look like a wig like that big ponytail yes oh. yeah 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 maybe i mean it's just real flat her hair was real flat yeah oh. bottle classes oh. so this is where we flash back to 1982 we've got uh Billy's your favorite phrase and, alex <laughs> yes alex would yeah. you like to repeat it Stair sex. Stair sex. <laughs> Stair sex to incest sex. Oh, um, incest and pedophilia sex. Because we, yes. we apparently can't escape pedophilia on this podcast in December or in the School holidays. Monty. Happy holidays, everybody. Fuck your mom. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out whether or not. So obviously this is meant to be a recurring problem that her lover falls asleep when they're having sex because she, she seems very irate that well, it just happens she says, again all the time it's just something like that like after he passes out oh i just kind of assumed it's because he's a drunk too that it's like yes. he just passes out but do you think that they've been trying in all of the different rooms in the house and this is just the point where they got to the stairs <laughs> oh they're just breaking in the house that. with that I sad thought... sex <laughs> Look, justification for the direction. I like it. (laughs) Well, I came up with an elaborate backstory about how she has a low cervical... (laughs) No, I'm just... (laughs) All right, yeah. So Billy's mom has apparently decided that it's not actually sex that she wants. It's that she wants another child. So she rapes her son and gives birth to a baby girl. Her 12-year-old son. Her 12-year-old son. So gross. With the rocking chair that just rocks. Who a probably faster. just started being able to make semen to begin with? <laughs> Twelve year olds right into the podcast and let us know. <laughs> oh my god, don't do that. We're gonna get on the list. <laughs> We're already on a no fly list. Let's I had no no, I had to Google pedophilia um on my computer when I was doing the summary for the X Files episode because I wanted to make sure that I was like spelling it correctly. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm gonna go on a list for this. <laughs> I mean, just so many, so many things from this podcast over the last year, probably. That's true. (laughs) So this is where the editing plays a trick or treat fuck you on the audience because we see Agnes's baby face and then the editing just cuts to Eve's face in the present. So we're inferring that this glasses and ponytail freak is Billy's sister. (laughs) (laughs) Just for you, Trace. I love it. Because she kind of is. She just never gets a makeover. You know, she's too busy losing her head. Yeah, she gets three <laughs> three lines of dialogue, and then she gets decapitated off screen. Yeah. I really felt when Eve dies, though. Like, the, the film just has a void that opens up without that character in it. Those three lines, they really make it. I would have liked to see her in the fray a little more. See what she had to well, fucking Well, I would have liked to see all these girls in the fray a little bit more. Yeah, true. Because once there's only really the phone call. 
And then I think there's that scene there's with um, three phone uh, calls. Yeah, and three phone calls. Chase. Yeah, <laughs> and then all the girls kind of go off into like either pairs or their own direction. And I'm guessing it's because they could no longer afford to have all those girls in the same room. <laughs> the well, shooting schedule just does not yeah, allow true. it. <laughs> well, and also because this movie takes place all in one night, whereas the original yeah. I think is a couple days. It is. Yeah. No, the original I thought was like a month. I mean, it's like it's, it's not one night for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dana. Shit, which one is Dana? Uh, That's Lacey Chabert. Yes, so Lacey Chabert demeans Eve while drunk Lauren becomes increasingly drunk and also increasingly profane. And outside, at this point, we get a point of view shot of someone climbing into the second story. So this is another homage back to the original. Yeah. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is upstairs packing because she's, she's had it with these girls. She's going to go home. <laughs> We get a second phone call at this point, and this time it says that it's coming from Megan. So we've established a pattern that every new phone call will suggest that it's coming from the girl who was just murdered. Right, because the first phone call was from Claire. Correct. Okay, got it. And at this point, Kelly, a.k.a. Nope, Katie Cassidy. There we go. I know when you said Kelly, I was like, "Who's Kelly?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> which one is Kelly? Blonde one, brunette one, southerner one." Ugh. Jesus Christ. Okay, so Katie Cassidy and Mary Elizabeth Winstead investigate, and what they discover instead is Kyle lurking nefariously in fucking Megan's room, and he's full of insights. And then he picks I up have the story to talk about of... Kyle in this situation. Jesus Christ. So Wait, this what? Is... what? <laughs> like, okay. So, uh, can we unpack this scene when he's like, when they find him in the room mm-hmm. and all of the nonsense that he says, and Kelly is just like, okay, and it's like <laughs> she's sweetheart. like, you just you he, just why act like an in... asshole, and I'm just gonna search this room. Yeah, but it's also like the stuff he says about how he's like, I can sneak in. Like it's so obvious he snuck in and fucked a friend before because he already knew how to sneak in. <laughs> yeah, and then he doesn't. She doesn't find it weird that he's just in her room, like not her room, Kelly's room, and that girl's room. I do like that Mary Elizabeth Winstead fully goes after him, and she's like, "So you climbed into her room and you don't know if she's in there?" Yeah. <laughs> this subplot, though, with the sex tape, I don't think needs to be in this movie. It- is no, useless yeah. it's just there to make you wonder oh is he trying to kill these girls well, to keep them silent because i always took it like he had fucked half of this sorority house but see he's not effective as a red herring though they were because oh, the movie shows you in flashbacks mm-hmm. who the killers are oh no and every time you see a girl get attacked it's unless we're meant to maybe assume that the killer is wearing a stringy wig of blonde hair a lot like, cherry falls maybe yeah. but it also doesn't seem like it's smart enough yeah because you've got the sanitarium scenes which tell you that there is a killer on the way my thing is the weirdness that also in this scene they decide to reveal or at least solidify that he's a townie mm-hmm. and i just assumed he was like in one of her classes like i was with trace i was like this guy is way too fucking old to like <laughs> be here but i just assumed like maybe she's like a, a sophomore and he's like a senior no or i something. think he's but... supposed to be their age i think that's the casting department's problem yeah but it's just i mean none it, of there was nothing given look. to us that he was a townie and then all of a sudden he's like i lived here that we feels like just this. another callback to the original because in the uh, original, he's a townie, and she's... You can't rape a townie. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That, that's what she says! 
<laughs> Barb, I'm guessing. Yeah, Mario Kidder goes, you can't rape a townie. Uh, <laughs> Fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love that movie so much. So good. Why are we talking about that movie? Because <laughs> you picked this one. No, I didn't. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's do another flashback, kids. Let's go all the way back to our year of the Lord, 1991. So Billy sees a quote-unquote normal family in the house across the street using his new telescope that he gets for and Christmas. that's such a cool flex that they gave him a telescope to be like, look at this happy family across the street. <laughs> oh, but shit. also telescopes create voyeurs who become serial killers. <laughs> or sorry, oh God, spree yeah. killers. It's very rear window. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my God, you guys! <laughs> Black Christmas like... 2006 is Hitchcockian. Ah, <laughs> uh, recast, recast <laughs> Kyle with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so at this point, Billy abducts his younger sister out from under his mother's eye, and I do want to say that one of younger my sister daughter, yes, daughter sister, sister daughter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do love the fact that Billy's mom answers the phone with "Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas." Hey, fuck you! I said Merry Christmas <laughs> <laughs> with a cigarette in her mouth. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's this. I actually feel like this is where some of the really bitchy dialogue starts to pick the film up a little bit more because we start to get some real cattiness from a lot of these actresses at this point on well she also at one point like in one of the earlier flashbacks she's like the russians gunned down santa claus santa's dead the russians obviously the russians because we're still in the that would have still been in the 80s right uh that wasn't the 75 flashback which so it's like pre-cold war i don't know it's (laughs) it's not important (laughs) she's a psychic all right so uh billy has abducted his sister daughter daughter sister he nearly suffocates her with a plastic bag he plucks out one of her eyes he eats it he stabs his stepfather through the face and then he strangles his mother with christmas lights and bludgeons the corpse with a rolling pin he then bakes a sheet of cookies from her back flesh which also in that scene the way he throws the pan into the oven really pisses me off because you can see like three of the things like fall off and it's like there's so much room on that pan for more than three well and then when he see the cookies they're burnt (laughs) i think i think i read that they use bacon for it um but you know looks like jerky him you yeah him using the flesh like to make cookies doesn't really bother me that much but what does bother me is when he dips them in milk and it's a really like not a lot of this this is a gory movie you know but it doesn't really gross me out that much minus some of the eye popping when like the eye juices spray on the camera so much eye juice but the close-up the close-up of him eating the flesh cookie with milk like dripping off of it is just real gross watching him tear it like there's there's actually quite a few close-up shots of his mouth as he's eating stuff like when we see him in the sanitarium and he's eating that chicken which oh foreshadowing yeah he is uh, i don't care for close-ups of people eating at the best of times but then just shoveling gross food in yeah it's weird i do think that this scene the back cookies i think this is one of the scenes that a lot of critics zeroed in on when they said that this movie was mean and gross and it had completely missed the mark of channeling the energy of the first film because it is just so far removed from what you would have seen in the original which is subtle and understated right yeah it's like this random uh texas chainsaw massacre-esque like 
forced thing, which you kind of see later when in the attic. And it's kind of like the same with the dinner table, but it's all the sisters well, but around the th- tree. That's also yeah. what we were seeing, though, with a lot of horror remakes of this time period. Because this is also the same year as the Hills Have Eyes remake, which that mm-hmm. remake is much gorier than the original. Very true. Um, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw 03, which, as I've discussed ad nauseum, but like oh is gorier than the first one, but is not as gory as some of the things that would come after it. Like, it, it, that's just what these remakes did. They updated it for the 2000s with technology, and they added gore to it. And yeah. mm-hmm. obviously, Glenn Morgan was trying to not do the latter part, and the Weinsteins wanted him to. Yeah, yeah. So. they were like, "Oh, that's funny because yeah. you're going to." Because <laughs> it was still going to be a trashy movie that just wasn't gory. But then, but then, okay, that's what you say. So, what if it is mostly the same movie, but the, with the added gore? Which I think that the gore makes it better, or at least more entertaining. Well, I yeah. I think it saves a bad movie by at least making it trashy, enjoyable. And right. as we've talked about repeatedly with Camp. This is, I think, unintentional camp, but it ends up saving it. And I think that's what modern audiences are now responding to. That's why gays in particular like this, because it's bitchy sorority girls and it's over the top gore. Right. Well, and then there's also people like Katie Cassidy and stuff have gone on to like nowadays totally have. It's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. They have their fans easily. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, and Lacey Chabert uh, with Mean Girls. Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Scott Pilgrim. How many people probably saw that and then fell in love with her? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mary, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead is probably the most famous out of all these actresses now. Uh, depends on if you want to give Lacey Chabert Hallmark credibility. Well, they all have their own niche. Let's yeah. let's go with that. Except Michelle yeah. Trachtenberg, who doesn't really do much. No, no, nope. Sadly, I can't remember the last thing I saw. She her. was in a movie with Katie Cassidy in 2011 called The Scribbler, which looked like a Sin City esque like comic book vigilante movie. Yeah, I'm just gonna say nope. no to that and continue on. Yep. <laughs> okay, so Billy is discovered by the police. He's declared insane. He's taken to the sanitarium. Agnes is put into foster care, and Kyle tells us back in the present that. Uh, you know, she was lost in the system because who, of course, would ever adopt a child with only one eye and a dark past? Because mm-hmm. she also got a lobotomy. They throw that in. Oh, do they? I miss that Yeah, part. that's that's supposed to be, I think, why her eyes fucked up later on in the movie is because she was lobotomized. Yo, I don't even think I watched this movie because I don't remember <laughs> that either. <laughs> it, it's like, it's literally like a blink and you'll miss it line when he's like doing his whole monologue. Uh, okay. Also, can I just say that I love that blink and you'll miss it line has come caught on because those are (laughs) different senses and it is contagious so thank you for supporting me alex (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're back in the present downstairs there's a random stranger because this movie is at this point what 40 minutes in and we're still introducing new characters yeah (laughs) which and i like i like the kristen cloak character i love her yeah but it just like her her arc with her and claire doesn't make any sense Oh my god. I haven't seen her in 12 years, but I'm super distraught and I won't leave the house until I see her. She will not leave the house until she finds her. And then that brings me to a big question I have at the big... When she finds Claire's body, how does she know and I'm what like, she how looks like? How do you know like? that's Claire? Yeah, Because yeah. again, she still has a fucking bag over her head, and yet <laughs> everyone can identify her. Like, Claire, is that the last. Are you okay? What are you doing? You Claire, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Okay, yeah, so this is Lee, played by Kristen Cloak, who gets work because she appears in her husband's movies, even though she's a really talented actress. Well, because I've I've only seen her in this and Final Destination, and I think she was actually in something recently that I watched, but um, yeah, she doesn't really... She's the teacher in Final Destination, right? Yes, Yes. and she's married to Glenn Morgan, and they have four kids together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is where the action starts to splinter out across different storylines. So we've got Kyle and Kelly working through their bullshit. We've got Lee discovering this baby dog gift from Billy under the tree. Mary Elizabeth Winstead goes to investigate because she remembers that Eve had a roll of newspaper. She looks for something in her room. And then we've got uh, Drunk Lauren who begins vomiting. Well, two things I would like to say about that. Mm-hmm. When she's uh, talking to uh, her boyfriend, Kelly, yeah. and they're trying to like figure out their shit, I love how he justifies what he's done by saying, like, look, I'm not knocking over 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm not doing gang activity. It's like, dude, what is your like level for being a decent human being? Like, <laughs> and also, what is off. life as a townie like? Because... <laughs> he's at at the top and he's like i'm just fucking multiple women behind your back but i could be way worse and filming it without possibly their consent but including oh 100 without their consent let's be clear again it's something that feels a very like a product of its time i mean like but it's just like why why oh my god do you think the weinsteins got it from this maybe videotaping sexual encounters without the consent of their partners why go out of your way to make this character so despicable like I don't understand why this needs to be a thing in this movie. Why not just have him be a supportive boyfriend? But it's because about the because in the original, like you know, you have the abortion subplot, so you have this guy like that's his that's his you know arc. But he's like I want to have this baby. Huge dick in that movie. I would say for uh, the sake of the theme, and this could be the the themes of Black Christmas. (laughs) Well, I was gonna say the theme of sisterhood is maybe why they overtly made him like shitty. Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't make much sense because it comes back later when. Kelly says, if uh, my sister was missing, I'd go, like, look for her. And he's like, you don't have a sister. And fucking girl's like, she does. Well, and d- did... Uh, I can look it up, but did Bob Clark write the original? Yes. Yes, Cause he wrote and directed Because that's, that's the thing about these, this trio of Black Christmases we have. Because the new one, you know, it's written by a woman, mm-hmm. which is the first time a Black Christmas movie has been written by a woman. Yes, but, and I'm ready for it. Right? it. But it's interesting, though, to see the original, which is, you know, a man writing these female characters that are female characters that I feel are very well drawn. They mm-hmm. feel real. They feel like people that like, you would see in the street. And then you have Glenn Morgan writing these characters who are caricatures. Oh, and yeah. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see, like, how... And that's why I'm excited to see the new one, you know, just to go from film to film and like, see how see women how are it's going to be handled. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So this is the point where the power goes out. Uh, and this is actually where it's revealed that, that Kyle is a liar because the computer in Megan's room goes to battery mode and <laughs> then reveals an image to which I'm like, no, that's no, not how it she works. Left the video, she left the video pulled up of them fucking... Yeah, right. I'm right, so right. upset. I'm just gonna leave it on the screen and have myself a little cry. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're stuck in this room for like I feel like ten minutes fighting. Ooh, is this also when the peephole happens? That makes no sense. The in the poster oh, on through the, the wall. Tack? Yes, through yeah, the tack. It, which, if you're going to be honest, and I love that they use that poster. So it's an old movie poster with Bette Davis, and there's giant eyes on the actors because it's an old timey photo. And instead of doing the logical thing, which would be to poke out the eyes the of one of eyes. these, which I think is what they do in the original, <laughs> might he be pokes out a thumbtack. People. <laughs> 
Take a moment from your daily life, stick a tack into a wall, and then look at the size of it. <laughs> you can't well, see shit in a hole that small. And that is the title of my sex tape. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh the power's God. gone out. Kyle's a liar. He, he gets kicked out. Uh, and misogynistic. Yeah, he's yeah. He goes on another huge rant here. He calls them all bitches. Yeah. Oh yeah. He and then does. Miss Mac, Miss Mac, when she gets that mom, like you, 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 and she's like, she pushes him like three times, you and I was get like, out get out of here, Miss Mac, you get out yeah. of here, Claire. Is that like, you, Claire? Get Claire. <laughs> so, uh, Lauren, drunk Lauren, takes a shower, and this is also where we see that someone is able to see through the tiles. And I would also like to s- someone to explain the angles on the glimpse of the eye seeing Lauren in the shower, despite this the fact that the eye appears to be looking straight up. But also that there is a step that you have to go over I mean, to get into the if, shower. If, if you're gonna that was cho- a cool shower, if, though. if you're gonna choose now to start questioning some of the logic in this movie, <laughs> I just i I feel like wouldn't it make more sense that the eye patch, like the eye holes, would be at like figure level, or they would be looking down so that you could actually see things? It just it defies so much. My thing logic. is even when he's looking and she exits i kind of feel like i you would have caught his eye like yeah because she kind of looks down at the floor i feel like but yeah no it's weird yeah and the fact that when she like realizes that the tiles are coming up she's just like fuck it and she like tosses it into the sink yeah well as we said they moved into this house two years after that family desecrated it by having sad sex in every room so they probably didn't do a lot of work and it's falling apart yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so Lacey chabert is uh tasked with going to the fuse box and (laughs) mary elizabeth winstead finds out that there's incriminating evidence in eve's closet that suggests that she's been keeping some kind of weird murder diary all about billy lentz Oh, I thought it was just like a shrine. I mean, yeah, does it matter? Like this, like I, it's like some Hey Arnold shit. Like Helga's, like, yes, her gu- her gumdrop <laughs> statue of Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> her gumball statue. She has like multiple printed paper, like papers, and it's like each sheet of paper is like one part of the picture. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, girl, this is a walk-in closet. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like no one's ever gonna see it. It's the size of a wall. <laughs> but I mean, Eve exists again, just like Kyle. She's only here to be a red herring because, of course, that's why they all flip out when they see her car is still there because that must mean that she's the killer. Question. But mark, then whatever. they immediately discover her head, so it's yes. like, there's why? no attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the part where Lacey Chabert is killed underneath, and uh, it's our first really good glimpse. This murder is clearly committed by Agnes, and uh, ladies and gentlemen. Here's your really weird sort of queer connection. Agnes is played by a man named <laughs> Dean Friss. And I think he's like one of the camera operators or something. Like he's not, he's not even an actor. He's, I think he was the first AC or second AC. I have questions. Is this a sleepaway camp situation? Well, no, I don't think so. Because Agnes is very clearly nah. a, a female. I mean, I... No one asked her what her gender identity was, but like in the flashbacks, it's it's a little girl. Well, also in the uh, special features, they talk to the actor and 
he mentions that it's supposed to be a girl, but I think they were trying to go for like a Jason thing where it's like a scary demeanor. I don't know. Also, this is my thing too, is uh, the thing in horror movies with incest strength. It's just like everyone who's like wrong turn. It's like apparently. Oh yeah. You've got like roid rage or something because you're inbred. I, I don't know if this was what happened, but in the flashbacks with little girl Agnes, I don't know if they had any prosthetics on her face or if she just looked like that, and that's going to make me sound terrible. Mm-hmm. She but, had Botox done. Well, because it kind of had, like, um, like in Hereditary, what Millie Shapiro, because, like, she had some prosthetic work on her face, too, to make yes. her look a little bit off. Like, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. I just... Oh, sorry. Okay, you know what? I got my reference wrong. I didn't mean Sleepaway Camp. I meant Pet Cemetery. Original Pet Cemetery, oh. where they deliberately cast oh, a man Zelda. in a woman's role to make it uncanny and slightly monstrous like you see someone and you know that the character is meant to be of a particular sex but your eyes clearly can tell that it is not a person of that sex and as a result it becomes scary and horrifying yeah yeah and that is a dangerous road to walk (laughs) (laughs) yeah that really is i mean i think just like our x-files episode that was not the intention i think you've hit it on the nose they wanted someone who could be physically intimidating and yeah trace you're probably right they're suggesting this person was bred of incense they're a little bit malformed or like maybe she's got a bit of giantism to it and she's super powerful but it's uncomfortable i don't like this idea of hey let's cast people of different sexes and then have it be a weird kind of hmm what's going on here thing or maybe it was supposed to be confusing because if it's two guys being cast as those roles you could be like wait maybe billy just got longer hair well that is true yeah you're meant to assume at this point that there's only one killer and that this are we yeah i I legitimately think you are if you're paying attention it's completely obvious that there's two because the murders happen before we even see billy escape from the sanitarium (laughs) like claire is dead and we still see that billy is in the sanitarium so unless you're we're meant to infer that these are happening at different times that's the only other explanation Uh, maybe i mean it's just it's this movie thinks its audience is dumb yeah uh mm-hmm. also fun in this scene i don't know if that's really lacy chabert so alex you mentioned that she was injured and that's why they had to do it this way yeah that that is her because uh they even show in the back uh behind the scenes stuff that like when she was doing the clawing and stuff she got like mud and dirt in her mouth and shit okay uh, but yeah no that's her but she had to lay down because uh again i think her she foot broke was her ankle, ankle or something her foot was ankle. Yeah. Her, her ankle was broken or something Okay, because yeah. if you had told me that that was a Lacey Chabert sex doll, I would have a hundred percent believed. It. it really doesn't look like her. It's just the. Me. It's just the, the the like once she gets the rake in the back of her head, like the close up on her face looks not like her. But it might just be because she's covered in mud. Yeah, and I yeah, mean really maybe she's it. good at playing dead behind the eyes. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so this is the point where we get a third call, and it comes from Lacey Chabert's phone because she did under the porch. <laughs> and the girls go to investigate. This is where they find Eve's cars parked outside in the snow. They open the door after like two minutes. By the way, uh, a favorite thing about productions that are shot in Vancouver, where it doesn't get very cold typically, but they repeatedly talk about how cold it is and the storm in this movie. And this is the part where Mary Elizabeth Winstead complains that she doesn't. 
want to go out there because it's like zero degrees out here. It's so cold. <laughs> and she doesn't wear gloves. No one has any hats. And she touches metal with her bare hands to open that car door. <laughs> like, really? Production? Okay. Uh, I'm going to be pissed off if I ever go to Canada or Vancouver specifically and the snow doesn't look like that if it snows. <laughs> it it will look like that because it will be fake as fuck. <laughs> so they find Eve's decapitated head. They find out that the landline has been cut. But because this is 2006, they have cell phones. So yeah, Katie Cassidy just calls on it's her a, cell phone and it's a smart is, move i was like oh they yeah, call the, the cops. cops good for them yeah yeah but the cops are basically like go fuck yourself the other weird thing about this movie is that there is no police presence except for in the flashback sequences so compared mm -hmm. to the original which has no whole and sequences in, if you want to count the security guard no no <laughs> <laughs> he goes into a room and leaves a door open so no he has been demoted <laughs> <laughs> i literally also forgot who you were talking about because i just purged that entire sanitarium sequence so this is where katie cassidy and miss mac butt heads over how they're going to proceed miss mac wants to leave so that they can uh, ensure everybody's safety which actually does seem like a really good idea katie cassidy says no because they can't account for everybody's whereabouts because of course we've got a bunch of missing girls who are dead but nobody knows it yet and so Miss Mac and Mary Elizabeth Winstead go for help. This is where Mary Elizabeth Winstead is killed off screen. We do get a fun little line reading, though, of like when uh, Winstead doesn't know what the uh, the ice scraper is for the windshield. Yeah. Stupid. And she, she goes, are you kidding? <laughs> Bitch, freaking Southern princess. Yeah. But this, uh, how does she get killed? Well, we don't know. It's an off screen no. kill. Like, was her like head cracked open like an egg? That's all I imagine it was, maybe. Well, it's the same blood splatter as uh, Fat Santa back in the sanitarium, where there's so much blood from what appears to be just a single blow. <laughs> I mean, it could yeah. it could be a throat slit. Um, eh, but uh, maybe. Yeah. But but either way, that I, mean, I, I hate off screen kills and like that we just like, mm -hmm. two in a row after the Eve stuff, and like we don't even see her body, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. 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 So she is just gone from this movie. Because I don't think she... Are, does her body even show up in the Christmas tree in the attic later? Uh, no, no, she, she doesn't. Okay. I did want to point out, though, I do love uh, when her and Miss Mac are butting heads and... Uh, sorry, it's Michelle. Okay. Uh, Michelle is uh, goes, I'm not leaving Lauren, you bitch! Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're like, well, let's just leave the drunk girl in the bed and come back. She really is a good friend to Lauren. Poor she, Lauren just yeah, sleeping yeah. all this off. Poor Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is also when Miss Mac is killed by a falling icicle in maybe the stupidest kill I've ever seen in a slasher film. Oh, I think mm -hmm. it's fun, though. It's it's stupid, but like it feels like it belongs in a Final Destination movie. Yes. Yeah. And that, maybe that's the joke, you know? Maybe. But yeah, no, I could totally see, I don't know, it being a little joke to Final Destination slash it being like, since she's like the quote unquote, like most top iconic name being like i want the like easy peasy silly kill true yeah it's kind of refreshing that we don't have to see a mature actress get murdered in some kind of i don't know less than dignified way yeah like i don't know that i want to see andrea martin get the back of her head cut off by an ice skate yeah and maybe it was supposed to like play as like a oh what is she like you know what i mean like oh man how far would she have gone if that didn't happen she could have been house mother of the year 
I mean, now that she's dead, she'll definitely get it. Oh, right. Yeah, the sympathy dead vote. <laughs> Posthumously. <laughs> so Katie Cassidy and Lee, uh, their screams lure uh, Michelle Trackenberg out of the house because at this point they've discovered bodies. And so Michelle Trachtenberg comes out of L- drunk Lauren's room and this is where she gets attacked by Agnes. So she tries to fight back with ski poles. And I feel like a lot of people get really mad at this because she hits her a bunch of times. And then she- Agnes is obviously not down for the count. And then she just turns and makes a break for the window. And this is where she gets the figure skates to the back of the head. And it's a pretty good death. I mean, you get full shot of her skullless her brain. Yeah. Yeah. That I liked that. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense how the skates did that, yeah, but I like no. it. <laughs> it's like a full-blown Lucy Liu from Kill Bill type, like, scalping thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Like, I would argue that this is less believable than the fucking icicle through the head. They're both pretty up there. I think at this point, you're just, you're really meant to suspend your disbelief and say, people are getting crazy killed in this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Lee and Katie Cassidy sneak back into the house and then together with Kyle, because of course he was the mysterious shadow that they saw out on the porch that they were trying to avoid, they then discover that Lauren has also been killed and her eyes plucked out. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Did y'all, did you guys not have, because again, I watched the under- So did I. No, I was about to point that out too. The, the fingering jerking off scene? Yeah. Uh, excuse, what? Okay, so so Joe, I'm assuming you streamed this somewhere? I did, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I so, I thought I my copy said unrated. Well, so in the unrated cut, and I'm sorry, Alex, I'm going to talk over you, but... Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, you there, there's it. a scene where Billy gets into bed with Lauren, and, what? like, she feels someone, like, touching her and all this stuff. Really? And then, like, it, it makes no sense, because then she turns around, and, like, cause she, she grabs the unicorn figurine, and she, like, grabs it, and, like, turns around and stabs, but, like, all of a sudden, he's gone, and she just stabs the bed. And then... Joe, I'm guessing you didn't get Lauren's death scene. You just got her corpse discovery. Yeah, she's got her arm crossed over her eyes, and they yeah. think that she's just sleeping. Yeah. And then Kyle and Lee get into a bit of an altercation. and I mean, because Lee literally just falls onto corpses this entire yeah so pause pause um yeah so so yeah billy so there's the filling up of lauren with billy um this is of course when yeah uh kelly texts melissa um and she's like you You at at. (laughs) but basically yeah like question mark (laughs) at at, there is a scene an extra little scene where um lauren is laying in bed and agnes comes in and like you you don't see her like actually stab her in the eye but you see her grab the figurine and like like you know stab the original Okay. Yeah, just like it, it, it's just like the original. Yeah, but it's just all the weird, like where it seems like she's being fingered, and she's yeah, like, it's real oh. weird. Mm. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. So and leaning then, even further into the weird sexuality of this film. Well, what's weird is we didn't know that. Me and my roommate didn't think it was Agnes because the way the covers were moving, it looked like a dude. Was no, I think it's off. I think it's Billy. I think Billy's the one doing it, isn't he? Yeah, I thought I thought it was Billy. I thought I, uh, I thought it was a yellow person. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Agnes isn't yellow. <laughs> uh, uh, who could tell? <laughs> I mean, either way, though, but like, there's like full shots of the covers like moving, and someone is like trying to finger her. But oh, for some weird. reason, when she goes to stab him, he's just gone. So it's like, gone. She, like <laughs> notice so him she's having out of like a sexy Billy dream, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, point being is, she just totally got sexually but molested in that scene, it, and they were blase as fuck about it. It does give her sense. more to do, and then of course she, we actually do get a death scene, so it's not just her body just discovery that you see joe i'm sorry can just no i need to say it does give her more to do 
sexually assaulted gives her more to do, Trace? Come on, man. No, no, no. Yeah, no. that's true. But I, I, I just like the character. But mm-hmm. I did want to say, though, because we didn't, like, I know we didn't touch on the nudity too much, but I actually do think her nude scene, because this is what she does. Like, she a gets tasteful naked arch in, in the shower? It's tastefully done for the most part. Like, it's, it. Yeah, it's not like what it was in Wrong Turn. Yeah, or, or, or Final Destination. Final Destination 3, yeah. Jesus. This poor actress. <laughs> it's like, oh. hi, do you need a girl to take her top off and then die horribly? She's actually a person of color. She's um, part Asian. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. I see she changed her name on IMDb, right? Yes. She has a Chinese father and a Scottish mother. Cool. Okay. Fun fact. That's your yep. trivia. <laughs> uh, so at this point... Brought to you by horror queen. There you go. <laughs> the more you know... So at this point, everybody's dead, except for Katie Cassidy, Lee, and Kyle. And this is where they discover that Michelle Trachtenberg's cell phone, when they call you at question mark, for some reason, the text reveals the light of her cell phone and plays her people (laughs) uh, accuse them that the killers are up in the attic. So, of course, Lee is like, we haven't found Claire's body, so she must be in the attic and I'm not leaving until I find Claire. Claire, Claire, are you there? (laughs) It's just so dumb. It's like, look, I love my sister. I love her. I, I I don't have 12 years of separation from her. But if there was a killer in the house and the choice was to go up into the attic, you'd be like, bye, sis. I'll come back with the police in two hours. And no one's seen her. But like, we found a couple corpses. Bitch is dead. Yeah, you got to cut and run at this point, because unless you think you can take on inbred superpower yellow people, it's time to cut and run. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Kyle decides he's going to play the hero. He goes up to the attic first, and then he is quickly and hilariously dispatched. Because Kyle ain't no hero. Everybody. He's immediately, yeah, he's immediately killed. He gets, he, he kind of gets away, but then, like, Agnes jumps him again and pulls his eyes out, and then we get another eye-eating with the juice squirting on the camera. This is true, but I do love how he is killed, where she basically just straddles him and then just shoves it up like she's pegging his face. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I will say that Agnes says something at this point, and she sounds a lot like Fred Armisen, and then also looks like Fred Armisen at some point. (laughs) No, isn't it the, my daddy's here. Yes! Yes! (laughs) She's like, your brother's not here. And she's like, no, my daddy's here now. It's like, oh. It sounds like a a Portlandia character. I was going to say, this is basically just a Portlandia skit at this point. (laughs) Dude, that totally means that after all this, they were going to fuck. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Probably, like, using Eve's head as, like, some kind of prophylactic. It was going to be a real American <laughs> Psycho situation with, like, the head on the boner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we get a bit of a fight sequence. Uh, we've, we discover that everybody's bodies, except for Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who has Which, peached the like, fuck what? out of this movie. I Yeah, she's done. But, like, yeah, like, like Melissa just died, and they got the body up there already. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I when mean, did again, they have time to go and get Eve's head and stick it on top of the tree? Right? I'm pretty sure that there's more <laughs> eyeballs than there actually People. were. because, And they're always connected. Did you, like, how are you pulling yes. out they're like it's like um uh what are the what are those things called like caltrops like where you like throw they're, they're, they're two balls like together by a string and you throw them at people's feet to like trip them i think those are yeah. just testicles 
No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I know what you're talking about. Batman uses them all the yes. time in the animated show. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the weapons Catwoman can use in Batman Arkham City. I, yeah. I think they're caltrops, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but in this case, they're eyeballs. Uh, but yeah, but, but, that's, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're but it's like, it makes no reason why they're still connected in like one, like... Like, I want to see tendon. how they pull those out without damaging the eye, because... Are you meant to believe that they pluck one and then they pull all the way through? Well, in some of the ones where they rip it out, they'll go as far as showing them eating one. And then it's like, well, you ate one. Why is there two Mm -hmm. on this? Gonna correct myself. The caltrops are like the jacks looking spiky things that you throw under someone. Uh, Also used by Catwoman and Batman. Yeah, that's why I was getting confused. (laughs) The, The balls connected by a string are called bolas. Of South American origin, I imagine. Uh, Spanish. Okay, so at this point, everybody's freaking out. Lee falls through the floorboards and knocks herself out. It's kind of a cool, like, little set piece, because Agnes is below her, and then Billy's climbing down. Like, it's kind of cool. Also, I think both those girls have awesome screams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. It, It was a fun scene. This is, for me, probably the highlight of the film. This whole sequence... This is the only part of the movie where I feel like there's actual genuine tension. When Katie Cassidy is trapped in the wall, we, you know, we've got that ticking Hitchcock flaming Christmas tree advancing towards (laughs) her in the baby carriage, as well as, yes, uh, Billy coming from the top and Agnes coming from the bottom. Also the title of my sex tape. Uh, (laughs) uh, You're on fire. (laughs) Joe, have we discussed if you're a top or a bottom before? And let's move on. Okay. So that sounds like a first answer, <laughs> first bottom answer. I don't know. <laughs> so Lee breaks down the wall using someone's weights. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're in the the. It's in the laundry room, aren't they? No, she goes to the laundry room afterwards. I think I literally checked out like at various like not like whole sections, but like five second increments. I would just check out because <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> Oh, really? The reason that I remember it is because she accidentally breaks through the wrong wall and Billy grabs her. Oh, yeah. Great scene. And she uses the weight. She smacks him like five times on the arm to get him to release her. And it's yeah, really good. I think that good. was also maybe a Friday the 13th part two little nod. Mm-hmm. You know, like through the window, yeah. I mean, but it's like yeah. it's it's a pretty common thing. That, I mean, we just fucking saw it in Halloween 2018 when Michael Myers reaches through the door to grab Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, we just saw it in this 2018 film for the movie that we're talking about, which was filmed in 2000. I just meant though that it's, it's a it's a common like thing that <laughs> yeah. you see. Yeah, it's a slasher. Like, yeah. It's a total slasher thing. Particularly yeah. when you've got when you're using your house as a weapon and people can move around in between the walls. Uh, It's also worth noting, actually, that this is one of the first films, uh, I think somebody said on Facebook that there was a film from the 70s where somebody was living in the walls, but there's a string of killers living in the walls that occur after this film. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's its own other subgenre, but uh, I've definitely, like, The Boy. Yeah, The Boy. Um, Spoiler spoiler for The Boy, yeah. (laughs) Spoiler for Housebound. Spoiler for The Pact. Oh, Housebound is so fucking good. Housebound's great. Housebound is so good. Um, And I do want to say, though, that at this point... Uh, with the house burning down and what should be the end of the movie, yes. it is the 75 minute mark. Which is a reasonable, like, it's a respectable time to end a film. But if they were to take out all that backstory or condense it, then it's like... But that's also the thing, though, is that, so this is the 75 minute mark, but there's only eight minutes of this movie left. Yeah, but it's an excruciating eight minutes. Well, so it's just 
Katie Cassidy and Lee, and they're not even. We have to get the stupid scene where we where Agnes and Billy wake up in the morgue with the guy who's like cheating on his wife by getting he's what hanging around to get drunk on eggnog and rum. Yeah, and he's drinking the eggnog out of a beaker. See, this this reminded me of Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter when Jason wakes up in the morgue and like there's the guy. That guy's just eating that fucking hamburger or whatever. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) this is actually also like a very like. I feel like American movies in particular love to have corners who just eat inappropriately around dead bodies. It's a a bit of an X-Files thing, too. So at this point, it's basically just the end of Scream 4. Katie Cassidy goes for x-rays. This is where Agnes drops in from the ceiling. She breaks Lee's neck, which I will never forget this movie for. Yeah, she should not have died. She should not yeah, have died. Yeah, should not. I agree with that. Also, you left out the fucking, before Lee's neck, the watch. Oh my the, god, no, the I can't. The long-awaited <laughs> gift from her missing sister claire it's just a watch that says family forever on it it's the most like eat pray love bullshit this bitch you, that you haven't seen each other in 12 years and like you know you're estranged and whatever and this watch is what you get her <laughs> it should have been like it should have been a gift card to jc penny that on the back said i didn't know your size we've never met <laughs> but wait this is when we're getting back to the next scary movie three reference because that's of course what they're referencing in this movie <laughs> <laughs> is Kelly comes back in the room and she finds the bloody watch, like blood mm. all over it. And she just yeah. goes, Lee, mm. where are you? <laughs> Claire? I mean, Lee? Lee? Bitch, Lee? where are you like, at? Bitch, there is, she is dead. Oh, and the weird, the blood leaking into the overhead thing. The overhead lights. I do kind of like that though. Well, because they get the body up into the ceiling because yeah. they're acrobats and yeah but did they just like blood like why if they just simply snapped her neck yeah that's true why maybe they were drinking it yeah who knows taking the eyes oh yeah they probably took the eyes fuck off she's locked in this room she can't get out this is when agnes drops down she uses the defibrillator which is 100 percent scream 4 again though Uh, scream 4 was five years after this yeah like this is where scream 4 gets it all from is what i've always argued guys still weinstein so who's to say they weinstein was like y'all we didn't do the hospital right in black christmas so let's let's get it right in scream (laughs) 4 or y'all nobody saw black christmas and no one will even notice we can just replicate (laughs) it shot for shot so agnes is defibrillated to death this is when billy drops down (laughs) fucking worst night ever for katie cassidy yeah (laughs) she breaks the little tiny pane of glass out using her iv stroller thing (laughs) is that the technical name for the iv stroller thing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah very technical here on horror queers (laughs) hospital people sent us in the right name uh she she runs down the hall she runs over an orderly knocks over his cart i felt so bad for that orderly i was like they were just it looked like they just cleaned up someone shitting themselves and then she just barrels into their stuff we get like this also kind of looney tunes moment where she he trips katie cassidy with i think a crutch oh my god yeah yes and she (laughs) just face plants into the into the tile yeah he really is magical He's super magical, right? Uh, So he picks up a scalpel. He stabs her in the back as she's running away. And then he goes to get her as she leans up against the banister. And she uses his momentum to propel him over the edge and onto the top of the Christmas tree. And at this point, as she stares down at his glistening entrails, the dance of the sugar plum fairies brings this film to a close. Which... 
was used throughout the movie like 15 fucking times. Yeah, it must have been public domain. And then there are 10 minutes of closing credits. Which how? 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 I don't know. I, I, I literally was like, maybe this is a mid credit scene or a post credit scene. Or like outtakes. Nothing. I will say, so there are three alternate endings. Two of them are stupid. The one that is fine it's it's literally the the same thing like the, the whole watch thing whatever but mm-hmm. instead of her getting taken away for x-rays then her phone rings and it's kyle's coming from kyle's cell phone which i think would probably be better well it just has them both looking at the cell phone and the camera pans out of the window and then it blacks out so reminiscent of the original but obviously not as bloody right okay what are the other two lee still gets killed in both of them what? <laughs> They're so unmemorable. You can't even remember. I, <laughs> I, I do remember both of them in with Katie Cassidy's parents taking her home. And like the last shot is like her being walked out of the hospital with her parents. But mm. in terms of like anything different that happens. That wouldn't make any sense because I thought they made it clear that like she had no. Well, no, she had to work for Christmas. Yeah. But her parents definitely come. But I mean, like the, the, the second and third alternate endings are very similar. I don't even remember what the difference is. I don't know. It's whatever. It's unimportant. Yeah. So this film is over and we're (laughs) nearly done. Does anybody have anything else pressing that they want to talk about with Black Christmas? I do like Lacey Chabert's line reading of Are You High? when she's asked to go out and fix the fuse box. And right before that, when Lee and Miss Mack are talking and she just stops her and she's like, I love that coat. Let's face it, the coats in this movie are pretty darn good. I like the fashion. There are moments of inspiration, of fun. I mean, I feel I feel like they had fun making this movie, but it's you, you just got to make that damn flashback shit the first pre-title sequence and never go back to it again. Yeah. And give us more time with these girls. I yeah. just I really think if you do that, this becomes a good movie to me. Like, maybe not mm-hmm. a great one. It's still dumb as fuck. It's still trashy. It's still kind of sometimes in poor taste. But we like all those things. Yeah, but it, but it embraces that for the most part in this movie. Like, this movie doesn't shy away from being, like, dumb. in poor taste and, and yeah. dumb. That's what I hope the the new re- remake kind of learns from this. Is like, I hope the characters are going to be, like, a lot more rounded and kind of, like... I 100% think they will be. Like, if there was a lesson to be learned from this film, it was that you can't just say, oh, girls are sisters and sisterhood forever. Like, you've got to spend the time and build the characters up. I read a plot detail from Sophia Tikal that um, part of the um, Imogen Poots' character's backstory is that she's been recently sexually assaulted. Jesus. Okay. So that's swapping out the darkness of the abortion for something a little bit more But then it's like, okay, well, knowing that, why don't you... I'm sorry. I know it's like marketing and trade and listeners if you want to hear us talk more about this movie like you know go to our patreon but it's because we haven't seen it yet as of this recording but um it's like you spoiled the frat stuff and you could you could hinge a trailer based solely on hey this girl who's getting over a sexual trauma like Mm -hmm. a sexual assault and threatened by a sexual predator on campus yes that's i mean again i haven't seen the movie maybe you can't do it that way but i feel like that's a good way Mm -hmm. to do it yeah. I guess also they maybe had pressure to really sell the sister, like the cast. Like, and maybe that's why they overshowed them in the 
trailer to be like, yeah, there's like a lot of badass girls doing cool shit. Right. Yeah. And this, like, just again, like, knowing how marketing is, they'd be like, nobody wants to see an intelligent movie. We got to make it look like the most slasher thing ever. Or if you're going to have a slasher film with a bunch of sorority girls in 2019, you've got to have them fighting back because if not, people won't accept it. And the thing is, too, how we're talking about how if this movie had, like, unknown actresses this remake besides Imogen Poots is really at least to me a bunch of unknown actresses so mm-hmm. I think for the for the PG-13 audience the other girls are not super unknown for them okay from what I understand I tried doing research but like yeah for me Imogen is the one that I know right well if these are well-rounded characters it won't matter which is <laughs> exactly. what this True. which is what this movie was missing but yeah I I, I, worry, I mean I this movie I still have like I had fun with it this time. I can see me putting it on drunk on Christmas Eve or whatever, but watch it with a friend. Yeah, but I, for sure, I, I still have like this. Like I've been personally attacked like, with this fi- this feeling of missed opportunity with this movie. And <laughs> you've been personally attacked. No, but th- that's what it feels like. Where it's like it hurts me so bad because I've dude, seen. Dude, Alex to... opened this episode by talking about how he was personally attacked while <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Laganja Estranja. I'm being attacked. <laughs> uh, but because of the fact that I knew that we're getting a new one that might do something more interesting with this story, so the the, the stupidity of this one doesn't bother me as much, I guess maybe. But yeah. it's a forgettable film with some really cool gore and some funny bitchy one-liners. But the people who praise this movie for like, oh, it's so fun and bitchy, it's like kinda. Also, this was before though we were gifted with Sorority Row. Right, and Sorority Row is a much better example of that kind yeah. of bitchy humor, like pervading the film. And mm-hmm. even though it's not like a smart script, like particularly, but like at least I think those girls are more well-rounded than the ones in this movie. Okay, so you guys have actually stumbled onto the, the game. game. So a couple of weeks ago for the Jawbreaker episode, we had a lot of fun pitching Catherine from Cruel Intentions versus Rose McGowan's character. So I would like to know, in the battle of the bitchy sororities, who is better able to fight off a killer? The girls of this movie or the girls of sorority row um and we can't mix and match our team no no super teams <laughs> you can't move leah pipe over to this movie <laughs> i feel like the girls in this movie i mean other than katie cassidy like and i guess Kristen cloak the girls in this movie don't do a lot of well no M- michelle trachtenberg does some good fighting um i'm sorry it's just brianna evigan mm. she she fucking well i'm it. thinking about yeah. how useless rumor willis is in sorority row though Ooh, but it's pretty bad even the sister whatever the sister is oh yeah but she does have that good line of like well you might want to fix that hair first because it looks like shit you know what the girls of sorority row are better at, they'll win the the battle of the verbs of the words but okay. the girls of black christmas will win the battle of the fists okay uh i gotta disagree it's fine because again i'm gonna say brianna evigan's gonna take it out of the park She's a solo final girl. Okay, so it's all coming down to one girl for you. I get. I just think she's she's such a key player that I can't just. I, I I think that both house. Brianna Evigan and Katie Cassidy are pretty good final girls in these movies. I but Brianna Evigan has more of a character to work with than Katie Cassidy does in this movie because all Katie Cassidy has to do is be upset about her cheating boyfriend. Right. Well, Katie Cassidy has more of like terrified screams and like I'm in horror screams, and Brianna Evigan has more of like. Well, because like, Brianna Evigan kind of sounds like a man. 
Ow, Trace. I mean, I, I say it with love, but she has like the like the deep raspy voice. You know, Katie Cassidy does not have that. Both gorgeous women. Oh true. yeah, one hundred percent. I will say, I really love Katie Cassidy's sweater in this movie. That's yeah. I mean, I like Katie Cassidy, y'all. I, 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 I like love her, hair her. too. I, I have always loved Katie Cassidy. I have too. Saints. And she plays a good bitch too. Like she, she's not doing it in these movies, but like, I, but she's she does a good bitch. Yeah, she's actually very versatile. Mm-hmm. Do you have a vote, Joe? Not really. Yeah. Well, I mean, listeners, let us know what you think about this movie. I mean, again, as we've discussed, I mean, I, I had a guy. I, I won't say his name because his I have his opinion is very. I don't is not good. Loves this movie, which is fine. But he, like me, as a high schooler, thinks the original is boring. Super boring and not in the least bit good. So people think that, and it's just like, okay, well, watch it in ten years when you're older. <laughs> well, they, do, they just do feel like films for different generations too, right? Like films from the seventies are slower. They don't have the MTV style video editing mm-hmm. of the kills. Like they don't go for the gore in the same way. So I think that people can like both equally. I feel like if you value character development, that's why you're probably more inclined to lean towards the 70s. If you like your gore, if you like your faster pace, you know, the 2006 version is good for that. And maybe the 2019 will be the perfect middle ground. Maybe. I mean, again, I I know people are hating on this new remake already, but I'm looking forward to it. I think the rating, the rating thing, I think is absolutely silly to judge a movie on. Oh, always. Always. Yeah. And go back and check out that PG-13 versus our rating minisode, which we have plugged a million fucking times. Okay, well, I think that'll probably wrap up our discussion on Black Christmas. But before we announce what we're covering next week, uh, Alex, if you want to plug anything, this is your chance. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. Long time listener, first time guest. <laughs> uh, what I would like to pitch most is if you guys uh, are filmmakers yourselves and you make short horror shorts of any subgenre, any media, please send that to me and Tony. Uh, my email is awiggins at bloodydisgusting.com um, we literally we review everything we're a super cool team we love expanding the genres we cover uh, there's I think over a thousand something filmmakers involved and we have a group where once you're in we add you on Facebook so you can collaborate with other filmmakers from around the oh, world wow. and ask questions and all that um, Tony Wash again is in charge of it amazing kind dude and it would be really awesome to you know turn out some more people nice that's awesome and obviously thank you for coming i know we we, i i feel like i invited you on a long time ago (laughs) so i'm glad you finally (laughs) able to make it over here (laughs) yeah (laughs) on this movie so yeah um and if you want to reach us on twitter you can reach me at traced thurman and i am at beast on my remote that's the letter b and if you're tweeting about the podcast, please be sure to use the hashtag HorrorQueers. Uh, you can also email us at HorrorQueers at gmail.com or join our Facebook group. Please also head over to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. We love all of those. And if you want even more content, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash HorrorQueers. Uh, as we already discussed, you'll get an episode on Black Christmas next week. But we also have from last month an episode on Dr. Sleep, which saw Joe and I disagreeing mightily about. Mm-hmm. Sparks may have flown. <laughs> <laughs> What are we finishing 2019 with, Joe? Yeah, so we're going to take the last week off. Well, not technically. We're going to be doing things behind the scenes, but we've got one more week of regularly scheduled content for you. And folks, we are going to revisit some television. So Trace, I'm excited. We are in agreement that this is the best season of American Horror Story. So we're Mm going to go back to season two, 
Revisit Asylum, we're going to be talking broadly about the entire season, but we're going to be specifically zeroing in on three episodes. I Am Anne Frank, Part 1 and 2, as well as, of course, in time for the holidays, we're going to be looking at Episode 8, which is Unholy Night. Can I throw in a little fun fact about this, since you guys are doing Asylum? Yeah. Um, I actually got to work with, um, I worked on a movie called The Intervention, directed by Clea Duvall, and uh, the DP, Polly Morgan, um, was the DP for Asylum. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, super, super cool girl. Uh, had tons of interesting stories about how a Ryan Murphy American Horror Story set oh runs. God. You know, I um, imagine. <laughs> my husband gets to talk to Lou Taylor Pucci at Fantastic Fest this year, because he was on 1984, and he was basically saying, nice. like, yeah, like, you, you don't know what's happening half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, um, on that note, I think we can cross out Black Xmas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And cross out Horror Queers. Disgusting Podcast Network, home of creepy, disturbing, and terrifying creepy pastas, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.